Well, Zuzu started playing right as on and recording. So of she'll course be, she did. She'll be in the background, <laughs> rolling around on her toy. <laughs> Meanwhile, my dog had his breakfast, so he's just chilling on the recliner in here. Yeah, she'll calm down in a little bit. We just just got back in from a walk, so she's all oh, she's hyped she's, up. She's got her energy. Yeah. yeah, he gets he gets groomed today. She'll probably show up while we're recording, so I might have to pause. But um, oh, that's fine. Yeah, just a hand All right, over well, to her. <sighs> welcome back to Dizzy for Dizzy. Welcome back. I know it's been so long because we recorded so fast after so forty three that it's and we're doing it a day later now in the hopes of getting the good subs. But as of very very late last night. Istanbul time, um, mm. the Sunshal Kapama channel hadn't uploaded the Turkish subs yet. So, yeah. and our lovely sub angel can't do anything until those Turkish subs are uploaded. So, yeah. um, while we did not get the chance to watch it with the high quality subs, um, of course, Willa saved the day and translated a few scenes for us. So, um, we have some clarity on some of the more key scenes in the episode. And, Honestly, this was a good episode, but like of all of them, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like this is probably one of the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry. I feel like I'm still not awake. Like, I don't want to call it least important, but I feel like the the good, good subs on the other episodes, like 40 and all of that were like key, you know, because there was so much... This was, this felt like a lot of comedy, this episode, and not as yeah, much. Yeah, it was a little more filler. Yeah, like seemed. not as much heavy. So I was like, well, yeah. there's only really a few key scenes that like, you know, I wanted to make sure we had clarification on. But um, yeah, so anyways, and then what else was I going to say? Um, just thank you to everyone who was wishing us well on our vacation so many people were like i hope you're having a good time like glad you're getting away um and we had a lovely time thank you it's funny because when i took jack out this morning it's actually kind of humid here which as you know doesn't happen often in the desert but i walked out and i was like oh this doesn't even really feel like i feel like normally i would have been like oh my gosh it's so humid outside but after being in the south all last week oh i know i was like this yeah, doesn't seriously. even this doesn't even feel humid <laughs> like my shirt's not sticking to me so that's funny yeah oh. we'll get maybe 30% humidity at the most right here. maybe so it's definitely not that big of a deal no but when you're used to the dry weather it can feel like a big deal. Yeah. And then I'm trying to stay – I'm, like, trying to plan our social media posts for this episode and, like, just set them and schedule them to post after this because I'm trying to stay off the timeline because it's the Mirashla finale today, like, the actual mm. series finale. I'm, like, wearing my Mirashla shirt and I'm drinking out of my Bion mug. But uh, – because I'm, like, I don't want spoilers because I'm going to watch it later tonight when the subs drop. And mm -hmm. I like don't I don't want to know what happens, but there's like enough international people that watch it that it's like all over the timeline, right? Every week, so I'm like trying to avoid finale spoilers. So, um, yeah. But if any of you guys listening are Marashla fans, um, I'll just do a quick little plug because we have Marashla merch. So if you're gonna miss it, and you want that gorgeous mustached Starchy Danger Bay with you forever, 
we have merch that can make that happen. So, and that's always in our episode notes. So anyhow, I don't think I have any other housekeeping. Do you have anything? I don't think so. All right. Well, then let's start talking about 44. Um, so we pick back up right where we left off. We get the tail end of last week's episode where we get the big reveal that Serkan shows up in the astronaut costume, which is obviously telling us all that he is stepping into the role of being Kiraz's dad. So in, in an adorably meaningful way for a five-year-old, because as we know, she's been told her dad is an astronaut traveling in space. So, um, yeah. So we, he comes in, you know, she turns around and sees him and, you know, says Baba and he takes off his helmet. And I kind of love that she is like, kind of looks at him and is like, Sarah Bola and like runs out. Um, yeah. Cause you can't really tell if she's happy or if she's upset by him. Mm-hmm. Right. Being her dad. Well, and I mean, that's realistic. I mean, I know like in a fairy mm-hmm. tale, it would just be like, oh my gosh, you're my dad. Like, and then they'd hug and it would be happily ever after. Um, but, you know, it it's one thing to have this like fantasized version of your dad that you've been told about your whole life than to like actually have him in front of you and then have him be someone that you've already been interacting with. Like, yeah, not knowing. So she runs outside. I love it because, um, you know, Ed is about to go after her, of course. And he, Sarah Khan's the one who's like, you know what? Let me go. Let me go talk to her. And so when he walks out, he asks her what she's doing. And she tells him, I'm being thankful and grateful. And he yeah, says, so sweet. So sweet. And he's like, well, why are you thankful? And she says, because I was hoping my dad would be someone like Sarah Khan Bolat. And you can tell he's shocked because he's like, well, why would you want your dad to be someone like Sarah Combolat? <laughs> and then, and then I, with such the kid response. <laughs> the perfect. Like, because you have a lot of horses. <laughs> I, yeah, oh, I love man. that though, because again, yes, it's a way to kind of break up the, this is a heavy thing. I mean, she's finding out who her dad is for the first time. Yeah. You know, and we've had a lot of angst and things in the last, you know, which I've loved. But, you know, I love that we're kind of breaking that up now. Like, we're still dealing with all of this, but in a more comedic aspect. So, you know, they kind of laugh and giggle. Even Ida laughs. And he's like, oh, you too, huh? You know, and he's like, well, how about we go inside? We have cake. And then, you know, they all head back inside. And, you know, they – they're going to open gifts and eat cake. And of course, Idon and Ifair kind of start their whole bickering thing. And I feel like we can kind of summarize what goes down with them this whole episode because basically yeah, like the episode. Yeah. And I mean, there was probably a few times we'll have to dig more into a particular scene, but for the most part, they're both just fighting not only to be like the favorite Baba Ane, but they're also very much inserting themselves into the custody of Kiraz and both are basically like, well, we can't let the other one take her from us. So let's try to dig up dirt on the other parent to make them seem like they're unfit so that we get custody. And they're both doing this behind Edda and Serkan's backs. So it's just chaos of 
you know, Idon's trying to get Denise to say terrible things about Edda, but Denise, God bless her. I love her so much. Her and her just I know, she, airhead self. <laughs> she just, I know we've said this before, but she does it so well. She does. It's funny. It should really be annoying how ridiculous she is. But I personally think that it's really funny and she walks that line really well. I agree. Especially when, when I, that one, like when Idon's trying to get her to, you know, talk about how it works so much and like it's bad because she, I mean, she has no time for her kid. But she's just talking about, she's like, well, it is just wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Like she's not even grasping like, oh, I'm supposed right. to be like talking badly. She's just talking honestly about her. And of course, it's mm-hmm. not in a bad light because it is not a bad person or a bad mother. Um, right. And, you know, so we, I, I appreciated that. Um, oh, the actress that plays her, she just got, Aisha, she just got engaged last week. So I was Aww. like, oh, congrats to her. How cute. It was like all over Instagram and Twitter. So anyhow. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, same thing with iFair. They wind up, I think they wind up honing in on Erdem, right? Like, and that's who they're going to try to use to make Sercon look bad. Like, he's not going to be a fit dad. So it's yeah, just a lot of, him. yeah, it's just a lot of back and forth with that that kind of keeps falling flat because, of course, nobody really has anything bad to say about Serkan or um, Edda as far as their ability to be a parent. So, um, well, and and also, you know, they on both sides, they have people trying to talk sense into them like Kimal yes, yes. is telling Idon that he doesn't like the situation at all. And if anybody knows anything about custody battles, they can be long and really ugly and really awful. And he kind of breaks that down for Idon. Like, hey, are you sure? I'm going to ask you again. Are you sure that you want to do this? Because Mm -hmm. this isn't going to be a fun situation. It's not going to be a happy situation. And this could potentially ruin Eda and Serkan's relationship by moving forward with this. Are you sure? But Idan, you know, is not to be uh, put off, of course. Right. Because she and Ifair are just blinded by whatever is wrong with them. And <laughs> they can't see past the situation that maybe Kiraz needs both of her parents. Um and the rest and of her fa- – like, both her grand – because, you know, for all intents and purposes, Ifair is like a grandma. So, you right. know, both her grandmothers, like, come on. Like – Well, and the fact of the matter is that they're going against the wishes of Eda and Serkan. I think that's the part that ir- irritated me the most mm-hmm. because none of them were actually listening to what Eda and Serkan wanted. They nope. just had their own ideas about the situation and what they were perceiving as a possibility in the future or whatever or you know they're letting the past kind of sully uh the future for for Kiraz like yeah. if they really truly think that the little girl this little girl is the most important they would step back and calm down and listen to her actual parents mm-hmm. instead of trying to overlord the situation and interfere, which is they just keep interfering. So I think yeah. that was the part that irritated me the most. It's like you supposedly love these people and you supposedly love this little girl. Then back off and let her parents deal with the situation because they are her parents. Right. And they they have their moments and they have their past. But when it comes to Kiraz, they've been so fine with each other mm. and so open and – you know, willing to work with each other. And it just, that that really got to me. It's like, 
Yeah. Meddling. I, I also know the comedic aspect that it's supposed to bring. Yes. So I get that and, and that it's just part of the storyline. But it definitely – you know how we talked about the potential of them being our new villains? Okay. That's what I was like. Did we talk about that on the podcast? Okay. So we did. Um, it really feels like that, honestly. Especially yes. Idon. Yeah. Like they're, they're the – they're one of the things that kind of needs to be overcome because the fact of the matter right. is there has to be something – to overcome. And while, yes, Serkan and Edda have plenty of other things to overcome, none of them are, like, super tangible as far as, like, um, filling screen time, you know? Right. It's all – in right. it's these internal battles, these, yeah. you know, emotional, mental, um, that kind of thing. So I definitely see why – we have that and honestly like i as frustrating as those women are but i i think we're supposed to be frustrated with them you know i don't right. think this is a like we're frustrated with them but we're not supposed to be um well yeah obviously <laughs> yeah like you know so i i'll take that honestly over a balja over a you know what i mean like i'll i'll take that over that kind of like a new introduced ridiculous kind of villain you know um sure. because the fact of the matter is like as annoying and dumb as balja was we never we knew she was never a true threat because she was just like she's just a character that randomly showed up in the middle of the 20s mm-hmm. versus like these two women are like very important to serkan and edda like they really are an obstacle to overcome because they're family you know they're not just going to mm-hmm. be gone in an episode or two so um i see it I can't wait to get there, though. <laughs> I would love for Edda to just rip into Ifair. I would love for Serkan to just rip into Idon. Like, yeah. enough is enough. And, you know, and maybe that maybe we'll get that next week. Who knows? But – or in the coming yeah. weeks. Like, hey, we are her parents. We are figuring this out. And while we love you and, and absolutely appreciate who you are to this family, like – when it comes down to it, these decisions are not yours and you just need to – you need to support us. So, um, yeah, yep. I think that would be something great to see in the future. Um, so, so back at the party. Back at the party, um, of course, you know, they're lighting the candles. And I think it, Edda asks her, what what do you want to wish for? <laughs> this is so cute. Oh, and my she gosh. Just, I love that. And she just points at Serkan and says, he was my wish. Like, just – Melt there were me. so many of these little moments this episode that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I know it it kind of was a little chaotic and it felt like a lot of filler, but the the moments that we did get with the little Bolat family yeah. were so good and it was like I <laughs> I was telling Eric after I think I was like halfway through with the episode mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I never in my life would I have thought, you know, what will help this storyline children. Yeah. Like I no, <laughs> I would have been the most skeptical and I would have been like, why are we adding kids to this storyline? Are you serious right now? Can 100%. we just talk about the couple and, and let this story move on? But man, if it is not working, like it, I... <laughs> I I'm like I've I'm so happy to be proven wrong oh, in my assumptions agree. about the addition to this situation because it is 
it's been so enjoyable. It's been an entirely new way to approach their relationship and while also staying true to who they are and seeing mm-hmm. seeing these new facets to Edda and to Serkan. Like Serkan Bola uh Baba is like probably my favorite new thing. Okay, but don't you feel like too I was like it made me think back to, like, our two Would Serkan Bolat Ever episodes because there were a few, mm-hmm. like, uh, submissions that had to do with, like, him being a dad. Yes. And I was like, okay, I kind of feel like we hit the nail on the head with some of those. Like, I mean. <laughs> I mean, listen. Not going to brag yeah. or anything. <laughs> but, like, I was like. I really feel like we knew we know him like yeah and it's just funny because like you said like seeing the, seeing characters we actually recognize again on top of these new facets to them uh, that that's what I love it's so layered that's what I love because it's like oh yeah I totally see Edda and Serkan like who we got to know them as you know in the beginning yes. of the show but you also see where they've grown we also mm-hmm. are seeing and, you know, we've never seen them as parents before. And the way they're being parents is, like, exactly how I would expect them to be parents, you know? Totally. Like, where yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm seeing these new – like, the whole, you know, when he's, like, got her completely bubble-wrapped in the backseat of the car, you know, like, when we get to oh that scene. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was dying at But that. how Sarah Conbola <laughs> is that? You know what I mean? Like – And then she falls and he's like, we're going to the hospital right now. Yes. And he's like, <laughs> what if she has tetanus or another virus, you know? And she's like – uh, don't exaggerate, Sir Kampola. You just need to buy me ice cream. Like, it just. Oh, my gosh. It made me think of, too. And when they're like, I know we're like jumping all over, but oh, well. Um, yeah. When when he shows up for fishing day, and I won't get too much into that. But when, you know, she runs over to help him. And he's like, well, first we put on gloves because we're not touching bait and worms with glo- with you. our fingers. And you you never are. <laughs> and they put on these gloves. It made me think of that Sir Kampola. I don't remember what the official submission was, but we were talking about how, like, somebody asked something about, like, would he ever, like, play in the mud with his kids? And oh, we, yeah. And our total answer was, like, oh, but you know he's going to have, like, mud outfits uh-huh. and, like, a decontamination station. And it's probably going to yep. be a special kind of mud. Like, and yep. it just – it totally made me – this hygienic. And- <laughs> yes. Like, it totally made me think of that. Like, oh my gosh, I was I was cracking up a lot. I felt a lot yeah. of callbacks to our Wood Sir Kambola ever episodes. So mm-hmm. it was Definitely. fun. Definitely. Me too. I kept thinking. Uh-huh. I kept thinking, man, I feel like we got all of this right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm like, not to toot our own horns. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but it's also like you pointed out, well, we've spent how – I mean, you figure on average two hours a week, sometimes, most of the time more, but let's just say two hours a week. Sure. Um, yeah, at a minimum. <laughs> at a minimum, talking about this man and this show. Like, mm-hmm. we've spent over – well over 80 hours, probably closer to 100, like, analyzing yeah. this. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I guess we do know him. But <laughs> – <laughs> Anyhow. Um, okay. So, uh, she blows out her candles. 
Yes. And then it's present time and oh, she yeah. immediately turns and she's like, Sir Conbola, what did you buy me for my birthday present? Put him on the spot. Yeah. Never never he, mind. He showed up in an astronaut costume and made right, a whole with thing her to do. No, like with, with her, her note no. that flew away on a balloon. Yes, he went and got it because of course he did. He figured out a way to go get it. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my gosh. But he he saves he makes a big save and he's like well you know my hands were a little full <laughs> with my helmet and your notes so you know <laughs> we'll I'll get you your your wonderful present tomorrow and then she finishes opening her presents mm-hmm. and then the the party just kind of goes we don't see the rest of it no um we do there is the first mention of all the custody stuff um. <clears throat> Idon basically says to Edda, That's like, right. hey, shouldn't we take care of this legal aspect? And she's like, what are you talking about? And, you know, Idon starts, you know, tiptoeing around. And Edda basically tells her, like, listen, if Serkan wants to be added to, I assume, like, her birth certificate or ID card, however that works over there. That's what it sounded like, kind of legally him stating that he's the father. Right. So, yeah. excuse me. You know, she's like, if that's what Serkan wants, then, like, we'll absolutely – absolutely do that but this is between sarah Connor and i we will discuss it and you know so yeah of course so she takes that and runs with it later and uses it as an excuse to get sarah Connor's signature on something you know she's yes. like i already talked to edda like she wants you to declare if you want to declare so he just he's just kind of a, he's kind of over it and annoyed with his mom you know he even winds right. up pointing out like when you're not with safety you're weird and you like are out of control See, I thought he said the opposite. When you're not with Safi, you're better. Oh, oh see, and I didn't ask for clarification on this scene. Well, because she comes over and she's asking about the signatures and she says something to him about what's – something about Kira, something about let Kira's uh, – let her wishes be kind of supreme, something to that effect. I can't – now I can't remember, of course. But that sparks his idea for her gift. And then he's like, oh, yes, you're – like, you're awesome. Thank you so much. You know, when you're not with Safi, you're so much better. Oh. Because Safi's not with her. Okay. When she comes to talk to him about that. And then he just – she's like, okay, but sign it, sign it, sign it. Uh, Because he thinks it's just to get his name on the birth certificate. Yes, it's just for that. And he, of course, now he's got his – zoned out elsewhere so he's yeah just hurry scribbles his signature okay that makes a lot more sense he doesn't read it he just signs it and then she gets her a classic dz trope is signing things we don't read (laughs) son am i didn't i'm talking about you yeah Um, (laughs) anyhow so that's what i that's what i read it okay that makes way more sense so let's go with that (laughs) (laughs) i'm good i'm good with that it does because yeah. it, it really does. And now that I'm thinking back of like his um, the nuances and like his uh, demeanor in that scene, I didn't I I was like, oh, it didn't even occur to me. Yeah, that's when he gets the light bulb turns on for her gift. Like now that I'm thinking back on the scene and you said it, I'm like, oh, that is what happens. Right. But it just didn't even occur to me until you pointed it out. So anyhow, um, you know, so party's over, like you said. Kiraz doesn't want it to be over, so she's kind of like – she's still got her little magic hat on. So she's trying to keep things going. And she – as Serkan walks up and he's like, you know, shall I give you guys a ride home? 
um, you know, she's like, well, mom, I haven't so- shown Sirkan Bola at my room yet. And, you know, Edda's like, basically like, we're going to go home. You know, you can see him later. Now, part of me is like, okay, Edda, I get you. I absolutely get Edda. I know a lot of people were frustrated with her this episode. I 100% get her and we'll dig in more into that when we get to those scenes. But okay. I was a little bit like, listen, this girl just found out who her dad was. <laughs> like, let her bring him home to show him her room, which, you know, she does wind up agreeing to that because Sarkon's right. like, Edda, I don't think you should deprive this girl of her wishes on her birthday. <laughs> and of course, sassy Kiraz is like, I'm not a little girl, Sarkon Bullet, and <laughs> anymore. And he, she's like, I'm a big girl. And he's like, oh, pardon. And he basically says, okay, please don't please don't upset or offend the little lady on her birthday. And so she's like, okay, come on. Like, you know, so they all wind up back to her house and he points out because he wants to give them a ride. And she's like, oh, in your two seater car. And he's like, I have a car that seats four now. And I'm like, of Uh course you do. Of Of course course you do. Um, (laughs) It's funny because I actually think we got a little glimpse of it. We got actually got a glimpse of that car last week when he storms out. That's the, that's the car he storms out in. Um, oh okay because it's not his it's not his uh porsche with the sb initials on it right so anyhow but i love that i love that he's like i have a car that seats for it's still not it's still not a family car no <laughs> but it i mean at least kiraz is big enough to crawl out of the back and yes. not having to deal with a car seat or something no 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 because <laughs> uh, what a nightmare what a nightmare so you know they they head back to their house. Um, this must yes. have been another Idon scene. Literally, my only note in between these two scenes is Kim Albay, please leave her. <laughs> well, yeah, because he comes back and he very logically explains he's only back to do this work for her. Okay, and, but you know, it their dynamic has been inter- was interesting this episode because they were still like flirty and Kimal still obviously has feelings for her but yeah. I think he's also trying to distance himself and be clear that they're not in a relationship anymore right and Aidan is just kind of being like okay but but I love you and you know that you love me and, right and she's making it all about her yeah yeah um so they're at home so, and yes Kiraz oh asks a very good question yeah because they get there and you know she's like of course, she's happy, and Willa gave me the breakdown on this one. Bless her. Um, you know, she says, Mom, why didn't you tell me Serkan Bolat was my dad? And I'm like, and honestly, it's a great question because she's like, well, clearly I've met and interacted with this man several times, like, and you right, knew that. so why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> and Edda's like, ah, good question. <laughs> and then she looks at Serkan, and she's like, so why didn't you tell me? And of course, he didn't even know, but he's right. not going to tell her that. Yeah. I love it, though, because he he goes into damage control mode and he basically says, well, here, let me explain it this way. You'd never seen me my face before, right? So this was an opportunity for us, in my opinion. We got to see each other. We got to know each other without prejudice. And at the end, what we learned things about each other. 
He's like, what have I learned about you? We both have a strawberry allergy. And she wanted, she pointed out, Willa pointed out, she's like, he's also holding her hands in this scene, but the candle, the camera angle, you can't tell, but he's like holding her little hands as he's telling her this. And I just think that's precious. So of course, Kiraz, which this gets brought up so many times this episode, I have a feeling it's a foreshadowing for this coming episode. For someone eating strawberries and having uh to go to the hospital. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, they kept talking about the strawberry allergy. this is the first instance where she says, oh, that's great. Let's eat strawberries and get (laughs) hospitalized together. (laughs) (laughs) And both Ada and Sarah Connor are like, no, we're not doing that. No way. And she's like, geez, guys, I was kidding. How old are you? I love (laughs) Listen, little Maya is just getting better and better because i know this is her first yeah. acting gig but even yeah. just from episode one to now and mm-hmm. i know she's got like an acting coach that's on set with her and stuff a lot she i mean she was adorable from the start but right. even just seeing how she she's doing she's she's doing so well like she's just hitting all those notes she needs to hit yeah i just i had yeah i adore her i guess i'm just piggybacking on your whole I never would have been like, kids need to make – kids are what this show needs. But, man, yeah. kids were what this show needed. Yeah. Um, yep. So – And you, she just – I love that she continually trolls both of them, especially uh, Serkan. Yes. Like, and can I say – always trolling him. Always trolling him. And I love that that hasn't changed, that, mm-hmm. you know, that she's not – and she's not – I love that she's not calling him Baba – because she, I, I like it too. She literally, it was like an hour ago that she found out he was yeah, her dad. Exactly. So we, it, with with the time, I don't know. I I think it's cute. She keeps calling him Serkambolat. I like that she uses his full name too. Uh-huh. I think that's adorable. And I, I it's also going to be another one of those symbolic things where when she finally calls him baba it's, it's gonna, gonna be a big deal it's gonna gut us like oh yeah so i i love little things like this like the pinky holds to to the full hand hold. yes you know we're, we're getting these steps and while she clearly is happy that she has met her dad now mm-hmm. you know she she still has to fully understand and warm up to the idea too yeah especially because this is a man she's met before this is not a brand new person who she's just being told is her dad you know exactly yeah so um yeah so anyway so it is like okay you know why don't you show him your room and so she asks him would you like to see my room and he's like sure yes show me is your room upstairs and um you know, they we get a whole adorable montage. Edda's standing outside of the door, kind of just observing them. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's showing him her her pictures of, you know, planets and galaxies and all that. And um, she winds up – it's one of those – I had one of these toys as a kid. I think it's called like a boggle or something. Yeah, and the, like shaky toy thing. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, she totally shocks him with it and it gets all crazy and she's laughing and giggling and he's Yeah, she's just cracking up. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, this game is banned." Like <laughs> because again, <laughs> I love that while he's a dad, he's still very much Sercon. Like Yeah. He, uh, anyways, um so she's like, "Okay, well, can you tell me a fairy tale?" he's like a fairy tale he's like i don't really know much about fairy tales and she's like okay make one up tell me the one about the cowardly prince and he's like 
the cowardly prince and she says yeah my mom says all princes are cowards and she and he's like oh your mom said that i'm not surprised at all okay then come on and she sits on his lap and he says once upon a time there was a cowardly prince and this cowardly prince was scared that people might love him oh that that like hurt me i know and she says why and he says well because as his name implies he's a coward he was mostly scared, though, of a princess. He met a very beautiful princess, and he loved her very deeply. The princess was the world's most beautiful woman, the best human being, a very loving person, and they fell in love with each other. However, as time went by, the cowardly prince kept wondering when the princess's love for him would run out. And so he left the princess, and he just kept touring the world. Kiraz asks, did he go to outer space? And he says, he did. He went to outer space, but he was unable to get the princess out of his head. So he came back because the princess never left his mind. But of course, when they met, the princess was very mad at him. So the prince kept thinking, what can I do? How can I win her back? And at the end, he had a brilliant idea. And that was, if I start working with her, she'll love me then. And Kiraz, Kiraz. (laughs) smart wise beyond her years kiraz says what a ridiculous idea (laughs) and he's like what (laughs) and she's like you know he's totally thrown off because he's like because he's he's clearly proud of his thought it was a brilliant (laughs) idea obviously (laughs) and so i loved that she says the prince needs to come up with something else And he's like, oh, is that so? All right, I'll think about that. So I love that he's like, oh, shoot, I need to like, like, I really need to figure something else out. So then she changes. Go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I know she says Sachma, but Uh I I did like the the subs that I watched. (laughs) Her, what it has her saying is, that's really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, why? I just love, I love that she just speaks it and he's like, what do you, what do you mean? From the mouth of babes, right? Yeah. (laughs) So she changes the subject after he's like, all right, I'm going to think about this. And she says, can you wake me up tomorrow? And hit the smile on his face. Like he, it's almost like, and he does, he's not letting himself get too excited because he's trying to like reel it in. Keep calm. Yeah. But he's so happy she asked that and he's like sure of course gladly that'd be nice um he's like all right so what are we doing we're brushing teeth putting on pjs and i'm tucking you in and she says well no today is booba's day and of course mm-hmm. Sarkhan's like well i don't see a booba around here <laughs> <laughs> and he's like plus isn't it a little early and she's like, well, I told him I'll go to sleep early and he always shows up. And he's like, hmm, he always shows up. Got it. Now, here's the thing. Like, we know that Burak has, you know, a special place in her life. They go fishing together. Oh, yeah. They have their stuff. So, you know, um, but you can also tell that Serkan is like, hmm, you know, like, because – he automa- oh, he initially course. well and he initially thought that Barack was her dad. So yes. even though it's been made clear that Barack is not her father, 
or right. even a father figure. She's just someone special. He's he's more of an uncle, you know. Right. The, the way Melo is her aunt, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but Ser- for Serkan, though, I think it's harder because this is a man who's been consistently in Kiraz's life. So, of course, yes. he's going to feel threatened by that when he's trying to f- already find his place in her life. And the perfectionist that he is, we know he wants to be a, quote, perfect dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I honestly, I appreciated this. I appreciated this. Um, well, so did I. And the thing is, too, like, this is this is all so new. And we know about the insecurities that Serkan suffers with and – this seems very right on for him to feel threatened by this guy right. and to be like, to tell Eda, you know, hey, if you ask me, this booba is already a useless person <laughs> since Kiraz's dad, her father, <laughs> her real father is actually here. Oh so, you know, he's he's going to be trying to um, exert his... I guess, authority in the situation. Right. Because that's Serkan. Yeah. And he needs, he wants the control. And Kira's having this guy in her life who, whose name sounds a lot like Baba. And she doesn't even call Serkan dad yet. Mm-hmm. It's like, there, there's going to be a tension there. And there's going to be him you know, he's he's going to have some drain the pool action in this situation. Right. Yep. Yeah, I call I I wrote drain the booba <laughs> somewhere in my notes, but I you said know, enter booba bitterness. <laughs> yes. Um or booba duba as he calls him later. Oh, oh my god. This booba duba. Um, you know, so he he and Ed are chatting in the kitchen, you know, just like how did it go, blah blah blah, you know. Um Barack shows up and he's like, I can come back later if she's not available now. Like, he can clearly see their stuff. And she's like, no, no, she's waiting for you. You know, so he goes upstairs to see Kiraz. And that's when, yeah, he talks about Booba being and the the actual translation was an ineffective element. <laughs> um, good. And, you know, Ed is like, Ed tells him, listen, there is no correlation between you being her dad and him right. being her booba, like, right. don't don't interfere in our lives. Now, okay, people took that line and ran with it. And, of course, were like, it does horrible, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. There's context to everything, number one. And I think that's – we all need to be reminded of that. That's why I'm constantly, like, I'm so grateful to people like Willa and Miriam and our sub guy. Like, because they can give us context, like – that we won't have because we're not native Turkish speakers. There are going right. to be phrases and things that are said that to our English speaking minds are going to come across as more harsh or more sensitive, depending on the situation, you know, right. but I, it's not her saying like, don't interfere with our lives. You can't be a part of our lives. That's not what she's saying. What she's saying no, is like, don't, not. don't like, don't interfere with the, structure we've got going like there's room for you mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you just get to start kicking people out of Kiraz's life right well that's how and, I saw it you know yeah that's that's how I saw it too I I saw it as like hey this is this is the norm for her this mm. is what she's used to it doesn't make you any less of her father no just don't but so don't worry about it like this is 
this is uh, the what's my brain? Oh my gosh! I know. We don't have enough coffee in our <laughs> bodies yet. Um, this is the routine that she's used to. Right. And if you know anything about children, you will know that routines are very important and they're mm-hmm. very good for them. Kids like structure. It's it's There's a comfort in having structure and having routines. Um, that's why they say that things like that are, are important and it can be really helpful for kids. They find a security in that. Um, so, you know, for – and of course, Sarah Khan just wants to be her dad and he's feeling threatened, which is why he's responding in this specific way. But at the same time, Ada knows her own daughter and it's going to need to be more of a slower transition mm-hmm. to Sarah Khan being fully embedded with, with them. As much as we as the viewers are like, we want them married right now and living as a family and everything to be perfect and screw Booba, he can go walk <laughs> off a cliff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> because of course we Booba love, can we go love bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's as much as of course we want that, like, sure. He is still a, an important part of her life. And um, I think that it's good of Edda because Ki- what if Booba just disappears? Kiraz isn't going to be happy about no, that. No, not at all. She's going to be, you know, upset and confused about why this this buddy that she's had seemingly her entire life is just gone and out mm-hmm. of her life now. So they're, they're going to need to find some way – to have a symbiotic relationship in right. the situation. You know, um, I think it – was it – I think it was Krisha. If not, I apologize, whoever I'm not properly crediting. But I think it was Krisha who said, like, she kind of thinks slash hopes that he'll kind of wind up being like a – like an ally for Sarah like kind of actually helping him. Mm. Um, like they'll kind of find a – you know, a common ground and realize like, hey, this this guy's important to Kiraz and he knows her. Like, he can actually be of help to me. Like, we could be of help to each other. Sure. Um, and so, like, that'd be something cool to see, you know? I would love that, especially because if things are going the way they seem, mm-hmm. potentially. Booba's going to be in the family. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So it would be nice for – I. I like this because you have the the comedic aspect of Jealous Serkan because yes. Jealous Serkan is something that we love. Aisha, um, Aisha's Jealous Serkan. <clears throat> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. But um, so we, we, you have the funny aspect of that. You have the comedic right. portion of that. But I do think this really could be a great opportunity for growth mm-hmm. for Serkan to understand – that Kiraz, of course, he is already going to think that Kiraz is the most important in this situation. But for him to get the opportunity to really understand that and to not be threatened by Booba and to um, – for it to be a growth with Serkan's insecurities that he already struggles with. Yes. Because that's going to be the root of his jealousy is feeling like he's undeserving Mm -hmm. and like he 
isn't or there's, good enough. Right. For and there's Kiraz. someone better who's already already knows exactly. her. Yeah. Exactly. So we know that that's the root of it. So I could really see this as being a great opportunity for him to grow and to understand, hey, there's no one who's going to replace me because I'm her father. Mm-hmm. And so why can't I just allow her to have all of these wonderful people to love her? Right. Yeah. That's I, my hope in the direction that this goes. Yeah. I, I see it. Well, and, you know, so after she tells him, like, don't interfere, I love this because, again, this shows <clears> – excuse me. Sorry, you guys. This shows how we still have so much classic Sercon, but we also have seen the growth because this man is so open. I mean – even in the quote cowardly prince fairy tale that he told Kiraz, he's clearly talking about himself and Edda. And he knew Edda was standing there. He yeah. it, she wasn't hiding behind the door, you know? Yeah. Um and then so he says to her too, interfering, don't worry. You've clearly stated how much you don't want me. If you were to ask me, I want you like crazy, but am I gonna mm. do something about that? No. And she's like, great, so stop trying to trick me with your fancy dinners and the fact that you eat french fries now. I won't get back with you even if you eat raw potatoes. Now listen. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I just love (laughs) – that's just such a niche (laughs) – in in what other context would that be funny? I in know. In no other context would that be But funny, in the context of Serkan Bolat, yes, <laughs> eating french fries, we know what that means. You can't trick me because you eat french fries now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no fool. <laughs> so, I won't fall for your antics. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So, and here's the thing. Again, I get Edda. Like, people need to remember, Sarah Khan has known for this entire five years that he wants Edda. He yes. knew the real reason they broke up because he kept mm-hmm. that to himself. So he has, as we find out, quite literally when he went to her door those couple episodes ago and was like, you're going to listen to me now. Like, don't you say yeah. that – don't you ever say that, like, I forgot you because that hurts too much because all I've been doing is living in your memories and hallucinations for the last five years, you know, and confesses the whole reason they actually broke up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're going to find out later exactly how true <laughs> him, quote, living in those memories was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, while those are all beautiful, wonderful things to hear – when you've been living for five years, raising your child with the, that you had with this man that you for five years have thought he never wanted, yep. he no longer wanted you to the point that he didn't even want to hear about you. You didn't yep. know that he was at your graduation. You didn't know that he was, you know, rooting for you this whole time and hoping that you found happiness and mm-hmm. all of that, you know. He knew all of that. So, of course, it's easy for him to be like, well, I've just loved you this whole time and to want her to reciprocate that. And while we know she still loves him because she won't deny it when she's flat out asked, Mm -hmm. she won't, you know, even when Melo teases her and all of that, Mm -hmm. you know, she'll say things like, oh, well, let those women have him. And she's like, oh, good, because one of them's kissing him. And she's like, what? (laughs) Like, you know. um, Yeah. And that. So it's like she's not. 
nobody's trying to convince us that she doesn't actually love him. Right. But, like, I get her hesitation to just jump back in because two times, two major times now, he has broken up with her and pushed her away, quote, for her good because he Mm -hmm. thought that, you know, her being away from him was going to be better than her having to deal with what being with him means. Right. So she – she gets to be hesitant about that, especially because they have a child now and they now need to have a good co-parenting relationship no matter what their romantic status is. Right. Exactly. So I get her being like, yeah, let me just convince myself I don't want him. Let me convince myself I'm not going to fall for these things. Let me – you know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. So I was totally with her this whole time. Like that – and, you know, there were we, there were times even too we get to see her struggling where she's like – no, don't, don't melt it. Don't, you know, don't get, don't be impressed by yes. this or don't, you know, she's struggling with it too. Um, and obviously we know at one point she is going to give in and realize that he is not leaving. He, it, this, you know, this, it, it is different this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're just, we're not quite there yet. So she's not going to be impressed by him eating French fries or even raw potatoes. Well, and I, sorry. Not no, to, no, go. Um, continue too far but if anybody if you've ever had your heart broken (laughs) i think it's a lot easier to empathize with edda in this situation right because not only has she had her heart broken by sarkhan she's had her heart broken by sarkhan multiple times and granted she's also done some heartbreaking on her end they neither of them have been perfect in their relationship and they both have been at fault in many situations because they're Um, flawed human beings like every human being on this earth Mm -hmm. exactly so I think if we, we are able to view it in that light that they're not perfect and that they've both been hurt mm-hmm. and that's going to be kind of a guide to the way that they're acting towards each other and mm-hmm. in the decisions that they're making, especially Ida. And I think maybe people who are our parents might also have more empathy toward her in the mm-hmm. situation because her whole goal is for Kira's to be happy yes and for kiraz's safety and for kiraz's well-being mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally. emotionally yeah because in the end it's not just edda anymore mm-hmm. and i think that she would she wouldn't still be there if it were just edda edda would have gone a long time ago because she as far as she knew, Serkan was done with her forever mm-hmm. and never wanted to hear from her ever again. Do you really think that she would still be hanging around? She'd probably be living in Italy for right. the rest of her life. But that's not the case now. She has this child and she's not the only one that she has to think about anymore. Right. So it I, – I, all that to say I agree with you in understanding where she's coming from and Mm -hmm. why she's acting this way because she's just trying to protect herself. Yeah. She's probably just thinking, look, I'm happy with you being in Kiraz's life. This is all that I wanted. I please continue to do this, Mm -hmm. but you need to understand that I'm not going to fall for anything as far as you and I go. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So he's like, okay, I don't care. Okay. Sure. You don't Sarkon. He's like, but I do love this though. He says, what I do care about is getting my daughter to love me now that I have the chance. Like what a loaded statement because I mean, 
he didn't think he'd be even alive right now. He didn't think he could have kids, you know, all this stuff. So it's like that statement is so loaded, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and she says, well, that's how it should be anyways. And he's like, Mm. you know, okay, good. Nice. Guzel. And she agrees. And he's like, all right, well, then I guess I'll sleep on the couch. And she's like, uh, on what grounds? You're going home. (laughs) And he's like, all the way to Istanbul. And she's like, yes, to Istanbul. And he's like, are you kidding me? Our daughter, our daughter who takes so much after me probably 90% after me. She wakes up at 5 a.m. So should I come here at 3 a.m.? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. Come at 3 a.m. Or why don't you stay at the hotel? Don't worry. Denise Hanum will have the best room for you. Don't worry. Again, we get to see that little. Clearly, it's not an issue of whether Edda loves him or not. Because even her bringing up Denise, you hear that jealousy. Uh And, you know, and he's like, Edda... Please don't do this to me. We all know Denise's <laughs> intentions. And she's like, goodbye, Sarah Khan. And he's like, okay, Edda. So, you know, he's. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, kicked out. <laughs> he's, yeah, exactly. He's he's kicked out. Um, and then I love because he immediately goes to, and calls Angin. Yes. And he's like, Angin, I need you immediately. <laughs> I need you to give me parenting lessons. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, my so gosh. he's just panicked because he doesn't know how to be a dad. And he, of course, runs to Angin because Angin is the only other parent that he knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they sit down and start having a whole conversation. But Angin is really not helping him at all. Well, he's just Angin's throwing. Just talking about babies. Well, babies like, and food. And he's just throwing everything at him. He's talking yeah. about, you know, have how many times have they used the restroom today? Have you this? Have you that? What about the food? Have you, And of course. He's just throwing so much random, like, factoids at him. Right. That Sarkhan's like, you know what? This isn't even your fault. This is my fault <laughs> because I asked you. <laughs> I should have known better. I should have known better. This is not <laughs> helpful. And he just, like, nopes on out of there as Angan's like, but wait, what about the pureed persimmons? Like, and he's just Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. So Sarkhan has gotten – no help from no. like he was hoping. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. So let's do a little we'll do a little side track out to the Karampina storyline because this is the first oh, yeah. time we get glimpses of them. Um right. I kind of forgot that Karem's actually out for revenge on her for telling so Idon. I I thought he was legitimately trying to woo her. Yeah, I was like, oh, I thought he kind of got over it once he had that talk with Melo. But I was like, oh, no, he's That's just what I thought. he's playing the long game. OK, I respect it. Um, so he basically winds up asking her to go to dinner. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they have this little kind of like flirty interaction thing. And so she does agree to go to dinner with him the next night. And. You know, they have a couple other interactions throughout the episode. and But what winds up happening is he stands her up at that dinner and yeah. instead sends her a text that basically is like, oh, I can't remember what it said, but basically implying he stood her up because, you know, I, something about. Because he knows that she faked it. Right. Like, um, yeah. And she and so then she has the flashback to what she said to Idon and realizes like, oh, crap, he overheard me. Right. Um, and so she he winds he winds up seeing her crying when he's having a conversation with Barack the following day, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh crap! Like I really hurt her." 
Mm-hmm. Um, so then tries to go over and kind of like get her forgiveness. Like I, I see I went too far, but you know, I was, you know, I was hurt by basically the things that you said. And so I took revenge on Wanted you. Wanted to and, hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, well, I get it, but I have a lot of work to do. And winds up dropping all these folders from the work that Sarah Khan gave her to organize. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm going to earn your forgiveness. Because she's like, I didn't sleep at all. I'm exhausted. I'm emotional. And he's like, you go rest. Like, I'll I'll earn your forgiveness and I'm going to take care of these, you know, folders yeah. for you. Well, it turns out she was just playing him back because then he sees her yeah. like laying by the pool with a drink. Um, so it kind of seems like. It kind of seems like they're going from enemies to lovers to enemies again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, great. Like, I see how it is. Like, all right, snake princess. Like, mm-hmm. I see how this. So I'm kind of like, oh, crap. Like, what's going to happen next now between them? I know. Um, but I'm that's. interested to see. Yeah. So goes. that's that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, mm-hmm. So anyhow. Yeah. We get the little snippet with Idon getting um Sirkan's signature yes. and then that sparks his idea for Kiraz's gift mm-hmm. and we see him uh building that later on and yes. then we have we what's get, next Edda oh, with Melo and Ifair I just said yeah. Ifair is basically a wet blanket because she's like yeah. you know crap now she's crapping all over everything when it does like listen like the whole thing here is that Sirkan builds a relationship with his daughter like yeah. Like, that's what she cares about. And in the meantime, Safi and Kimal are both trying to be logical with Idon, while Melo right. and Edda are trying to be logical with Ifair. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, just building more on these two women and their far overreaching interference in their children's right. lives. Um, exactly. Once Ifair kind of disappears, though, she and Melo, uh, Edda and Melo are kind of chatting and Melo's like, okay, like, she's gone. Like, what's going on? You know, and she basically is like, everything is vague. It's kind of gray, you know, because, again, she's fighting with her feelings for him. And she doesn't really know what to do with that, which is why she's trying not to do anything with them. And, you know, because, again, she's all about – it's her main focus is Kiraz, you know. So she's like, I want them to have a relationship, but they can't have a relationship without him and I having some sort of not necessarily romantic relationship, but, you know – a co-parenting one at that. So, you know, she's just, she's being cautious because she's confused. And again, we've already covered this. We get it. So, um, then I wrote in all caps, not this man building a flying house like the picture she drew. Goodbye. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. And then something I never knew I needed. Edda keeping that black shirt. So this oh. is such a callback. It was what episode four, three, three, mm-hmm. and there it was one of their original walks after mm-hmm. he had been such a jerk to her, such a and jerk. And then he, this is when he comes and he says that Sirius missed her, right? And that was the the excuse for him to come and see Ida. So they go on the walk, and of course, this is. From years ago for them. Like six years ago now, pretty much. Uh Years. Yes. But she is 
in her feelings <gasps> and she goes to her closet and she pulls out a box and out comes this shirt uh-huh. and we, she's like smelling it and look this is such a thing if you've never stolen <laughs> I'd say you that gray cardigan you have of Eric's right I still have a sweater from when Eric and I were first dating that he he let me borrow. And I was like, I'm never giving this back to you. You need mm-hmm. to just be aware. <laughs> and it's still my sweater. Mm-hmm. He won't – he'll he'll try to grab – and I'm like, no, this is my sweater now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even though – I'm the captain now. <laughs> for almost a decade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. This is mine. <laughs> But Eda, she and there's something about having your significant other's mm. like shirt or sweater or pillow or whatever. Yeah. And you you smell it and you're like, okay, it's it's them and you take that comfort from it. And that's what Eda needs at that moment. She's yep. thinking back to their relationship and she pulls out that shirt and she kind of has a moment where she's laying with it and mm-hmm. smelling it and getting that comfort. And then she – you can kind of tell the thoughts of everything are kind of coming back to right. her. Because she puts it down and she goes out to the living room because she obviously can't sleep and yeah. she's maybe going to make some tea or something and she has a seat. Um, yeah. Well, and then don't you think ahead. before you get into the next part, um, don't you see it too? It's so physically symbolic of the way the two of them are. Like, because we're going to find out he has a whole freaking room dedicated to her that he probably just lived in in the first few months that she was gone probably. and tortured himself. Um, you know, he and with how he's been, he's just been so open from the get like the get go. He wants her back. He's never stopped loving her. her. Here are the reasons I actually broke up with you. It had never had anything to do with me not loving you. It had to do with me mm-hmm. loving you so much that mm-hmm. I knew I needed to let you go, then drag you down this horrific path with me. You know, yeah. all this stuff. And he has this giant open Edda room. I mean, it's it's locked. That's not just anyone's allowed in there. Right. But it's this big, huge room. She who's trying to keep her feelings and things under control, has one small box that she allows herself like two minutes of sniffling and snuggling time with before she folds it back up and puts it back in that box, you know? And how symbolic is that of what she's trying to do with her heart too? Like, Mm -hmm. and what he's doing with his heart. So, you know, I I just... I think that's a great point. So anyhow, now onto the more comedic aspect of this scene. (laughs) Yeah, so it's obviously about three in the morning because Sarah Khan comes strolling in and he it, it looks like he's trying to look into the house to figure out where Edda is maybe and uh, he isn't looking where he's going and he trips and makes a loud noise. Mm-hmm. So Edda, being the tough cookie that she is, decides to turn on the sprinklers and grab a plastic bat to defend herself. A plastic herself. toy bat. <laughs> And she runs outside. I'm like, girl is, you know, she's not a murderer. She does not know how to SSDGM. Never, <laughs> never in my life. Well, and Sircon's like, what's the? Because she comes out and attacks him. Because he's like, what's going on with the sprinklers? And he backs up, and then he trips over the the table. Which I was like, thank you for giving Karam a moment to showcase his 
physical comedy. Uh, yes. <laughs> because he did a, such a good job with that trip. Um, uh, well, I have yeah, a feeling he's, he's like, kind of clumsy because there's been a few scenes where I don't think it's actually meant in episodes where he's like tripped on a rug or hit a coffee table when he's – but it's like not meant to be part of – like oh that's funny. how this was like meant to be part of it right so part of he's like they're just showcasing on what seems to be maybe a, a characteristic he already has that's funny um, anyways keep going yeah but so he is kind of on his butt and can't see that she's coming after him and she starts hitting him on the head and like what are you who are you get out of my house and he's like, Edna, what are, what's wrong with you? Call the police. Don't come out here with some stupid little thing. It, it was – that's really all this was. It was oh, yeah. just a funny comedic scene. But at least uh, Sarkhan is like, excuse me, this is not – this is how you protect yourself. You turn on the sprinklers. And, and come, come out to where he is. Yeah. And don't yeah. stay barricaded in your home and behind your locked doors. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then so of course, it was, yeah. It was just funny because she's like, what are you doing here at this time? And he's like, "Um, I'm here to wake up my daughter. Yeah, remember we talked about me coming at three in the morning? <laughs> so then yeah. they're wet. They're all wet from the sprinklers. Mm-hmm. So they have to go inside and get changed. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> Which is a perfect opportunity because they have to get out of those wet clothes. Well, and I was like, huh, I guess Senchal Kapama does not have the six-minute dryers of Erkenji Kush because she's oh, like – I guess not. She's like, your clothes aren't dry yet, but I have – I maybe have something you can wear mm-hmm. and brings him that black shirt. And he's like, um, is this my shirt that you kept all these years? And she's like, yok Janam, no. Like, it, I, it just must have – made its way with me like uh-huh. i just never ha- move. It uh-huh. must have been in some box uh-huh yeah it sure was in some box edda yeah so of course he's like the cat that ate the canary because he knows better than that but he lets mm-hmm. her have it he's like okay but you know he's feeling good that she kept something of his all these years of course and happened to know right where it was just when he might need it mm-hmm. very convenient very convenient <laughs> so yeah. Of course, Melo walks in now because they're both in towels. And Melo uh-huh. walks in talking about pancakes being ready for – and she just stops and just jaw drops at what she <laughs> She's sees. <in> shock. <laughs> this was such another – this was such another great physical comedy scene because Edda's like tripping over herself trying to be like, this is not what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff. And, and Sarakon is like, well – I'm very curious, Melo. What like, do you think what? it looks like? <laughs> and he's all smiley and giggly, like this self-satisfied smile that he's giving Eda while she's tripping over herself. Uh-huh. I was dying. I was dying because <laughs> he's like, yeah. What could you possibly be thinking, Melo? I don't know. I don't understand what you might be thinking in this situation. And oh Ada is just like, no. Well, you, uh, 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 she's just you, yeah. we're, we just listen. <laughs> she's like, forget it. I'm going out. You change in here. I'm going out with Melo. Melo's still giggling the whole time, and like, kind of when they walk out, Melo's like, ee! she starts she's, screaming. Yes, I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So good. So we switch over everything. Everybody's in clothing again uh, and all this stuff. And yeah. um, 
you know, he, we see the finished product of yeah. the flying house he made her. And she's looking at it and she's like, it's just like I drew it. So yes. that, we and knew that, like, we, we knew that picture in his back pocket. We knew it was mm-hmm. not just going to stay there. And she and tells him. see, he's like, should we see if it flies? And so they, they take it, mm-hmm. they take the little um, anchor off and it starts to fly. And she just is obviously enamored with it. It's so amazing. And she tells him, this is the best gift I've ever received. And that gives him oh, a cheek kiss. She does. And just. It's so oh. cute. And when you see And you his... can tell that his heart is in a pool in the bottom of his chest. <laughs> his he his just... robot circuits are frying. Like. Mm-hmm. I just love he, seeing her like melt these little pieces away of him the same way Edda did like yeah. back in those early days, you know, where like when he would first get a hug from her and like you could tell he felt something and it was like, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. I just I love seeing this though in a father daughter aspect this season mm-hmm. and it's so oh, I just love it. So someone pointed out and I loved this because I was like, honestly, even if this wasn't intentional, I love the picture that this paints is mm-hmm. um and man I should have I should have screenshotted it because I hate not giving credit but someone on Twitter was like you know it's interesting because she was all about these flying houses and like drew pictures of flying houses and what are they meant to do like fly away but mm-hmm. when he asks her like should we let it keep flying she's like no no like I want to keep it here with me and they tie it you know to keep it there Someone kind of painted that as like her and Serkan. Like she wants to make sure that she wants to keep him close. She doesn't want him to leave her. Like, and I just thought, even if that wasn't intentional, like I love that someone like drew that conclusion from yeah. that scene. You know, I just thought it was really cute. Yeah. So um that is cute. Then even Edda winds up telling him, you know, you're full of surprises, Serkan Bolat. Mm-hmm. And Melo is like, oh, anything is surprising after last night, huh? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah Khan's like chuckling, like he's he's living for that. And it is like Melo, <laughs> so funny. Oh so Melo runs to find Kiraz, and this is when Sarah Khan actually ends up asking Ida, "Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I would love to spend the day with Kiraz alone." And it is kind of like, "Why?" <laughs> he says, "Uh, to have some time with my daughter, just." father-daughter time just the two of us uh to just be able to spend time with her well did you notice i think she says that more because when he first says can i ask you a question do you see Mm -hmm. the way she turns and looks at him and she's like yeah like she has this like dreamy look on her face so i think it was just not what she was expecting him to ask her like okay i took because she if you go back and watch that scene because i rewound it because i was like oh she looks very dreamy because he's like um can i ask you a question and she's like yes and she kind of like looks up at him so i think when he says that she's kind of like jolted from whatever her wherever her mind was oh interesting and then she's like oh uh yeah why like <laughs> and he, okay yeah. that's just how i took it because of the because of the look on her face when she's like uh-huh you can ask a question <laughs> i mean she clearly is being affected by the sight of sarkon bolat as a dad mm-hmm. because there's that and then as after are we he all walks away then she gets what what you know Eifer walks up and of course 
is has her mm-hmm. panties in a twist immediately because Ada's looking with a melting look on her face. And then later when they're when she and Melo are spying on Serkan and Kiraz, mm-hmm. she of course is melting at the two of them together and how cute they are. So I I guess I just took it as she's <laughs> Her her ovaries are being decimated uh-huh. by the sight of this man with his daughter. Oh, a hundred percent. How wonderful he's being. So she's just like, uh huh. Yes. What What do you want to ask me? <laughs> Absolutely. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she does wind up agreeing because she's like, yeah, that's a good idea, you know. Yeah. Um, and. Okay, this was another thing I saw people getting all bent out of shape about because she's like, okay, don't give her strawberries though. She has an allergy. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. basically people were like, like crapping on her because like, oh, brother, you think he's so incompetent that you have to tell him that. And I'm like, listen, allergies are not a joke. And she's probably just used to having to tell everybody. Yes, exactly. Hey, just, just a reminder. She's got because supposedly it's a, they're both it's deathly. A, yeah, allergic. it's like a fatal strawberry allergy. Yeah, yeah. So it would make sense to me that she's used to having to remind people or just doing it just in case. Yeah, because Ifer does the same thing. Like, oh, don't let them forget that she has a strawberry allergy. Right. This, this clearly has. They've probably had a bad situation in the past. Yeah. With her having strawberries, and then they're. Well, yeah, they had to find probably, out at some point that she was allergic, right? <laughs> Exactly. So they probably are all used to being really vigilant about it. Like, hey, don't forget. Hey, don't forget. She has a strawberry allergy. Having to tell everybody. She's not thinking, oh, that's right. Sir Khan also has a strawberry allergy. No, it's just. And he reminds her like, hey, Ada, remember? I also have a strawberry allergy. And she's like, oh, duh. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that scene was taken way out of context by a lot of people because it was not meant in any way to belittle or degrade him as or his intelligence, so. because yeah, I I don't have children who have allergies, but I imagine there we've got probably at least one parent listening who has a child with an allergy, and I would venture to say you probably make sure everybody in their vicinity knows that, especially if there's a chance that they're going to be giving that child food. Like yeah, you better believe that when we had children in the class with allergies, any opportunity. The, the mom felt like she needed to re- remind people mm-hmm. that they had that allergy. She was letting them know because you need to be careful. Yes, <laughs> and absolutely. you want your child to be okay. And, yeah. And for the people who are, you know, um, overseeing them for whatever time period right. that they remember, hey, just – just a reminder. I don't know if you know that they have a, this allergy. Yeah. Because it's, you can't assume, like, even if I've been told a few times that someone has an allergy, like, if they're right. not someone I see on a regular basis, it would be forget. something easy to just out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Better just to be hyper vigilant. Yeah. They're no joke. Don't you remember when we both worked at the restaurant mm-hmm. and poor, our poor sweet coworker brought someone that clam chowder and they had a bacon allergy and there's not – the clam chowder we made, I think you – there was not – it was like tiny bits of bacon. It wasn't a lot right. of bacon at all. That was not the main ingredient in the soup. But guess what? An allergy does not care about that. Like – No. And we had to like call the ambulance. Like mm-hmm. it, was a, it wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm getting a little itchy because I must have eaten some bacon. Like they were going into like anaphylactic shock. Like it's yeah. not a joke. So it's like, yeah. sorry, she gets to tell anyone and everyone as many times as she wants that her child has a strawberry allergy. Yeah. So 
And someone else pointed out, you know, she wasn't actually present the first time Kiraz told him about that allergy. It was just between oh, the two of them. Oh, that's true. You know what that's I mean? That's true. So, so she's, she doesn't necessarily know that he knows. Right. I mean, I know he points it out when he's like, we got to know each other. We both have a oh, strawberry allergy, you know, earlier in the episode. But it's not like she doesn't – she's not necessarily aware that that's been a well-established thing between the two of them. So – Right. Yeah. Anyways. I just assumed it's something she's used to having to mention yes. all the time. All the time. So, so she just mentioned – Oh, you're going to take her somewhere. Don't forget. Oh, by the way, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't give her strawberry allergy. Yeah. yeah. And then he doesn't even take offense because he's like, yeah, remember me too. And she's like, oh, haha, Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Moving on from that. Again, also another foreshadowing that I'm pretty sure some strawberries are going to be consumed in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think so. So then, um, yeah, like you said, Ifair points out her melting gaze. Um, mm-hmm. and then even Melo, it's so funny because Melo's like all dreamy with it too. And when Ifair's like, don't, you know, remind him that he has a straw, that she has a strawberry allergy. And she's like, I did, you know, I did holla. Like he has one too, remember, blah, blah, blah. So she even reminds her. Yeah. But you know, and I love it because Melo's like, oh, I love them. They're so cute. They have the <laughs> cutest strawberry allergy. <laughs> like she's just all in dreamy land about her Anish day and, and her Kiraz. looking at her <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> And she kind of checks herself and she's like, I mean, Kiraz. I love Kiraz. Kiraz uh-huh. is my favorite. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, but you can tell also um, that it is a little nervous because Serkan's so new at this, which it right. makes sense. Um, yeah. But Ifair's like, listen, while we actually have the time, let's go see a lawyer. Edda immediately 86 is that. Like, no, we're yeah. not doing that. That's not how we're mm-hmm. going about this. Um of course, Ifair doesn't listen and winds up dragging Melo with her in several scenes to do the same thing that Idon is doing, and it's all going to blow up at the end. Um, right. So Edda winds up calling Melo later on because she's like, mm-hmm. while Melo's out with Ifair, and she's like, I think I need to go spy on him. Like, I'm just nervous. Like, and so mm-hmm. Melo goes and meets her, and they find them at what, like, a, I don't know where they're at. It's like a, like a food court know. of some sort in the mall or something. Anyways. Yeah. And there's so, like a playground and they're having pancakes. Th- do you see that whole cute. spread of food though? Like he has all this food yes. out there for her. And did you notice well, he's like, he is eating pancakes? Yes. Because she's like, I love pancakes. And he says, oh, I do too. But you need to make sure you eat some of those cherries to balance, Gotta balance it out. It out. <laughs> Again, Serkan Bolat as a dad is still Serkan Bolat. And I – I'm here for it. I love it so much. I love it so much. I'm so good. So good. And I so love it. Go ahead. They're they're chatting and then Melo and Eda find them and they're just kind of spying and they, they're seeing how cute they are. And uh, Melo calls her out because mm-hmm. she's like, so why are we here again? And Eda tells her, well, you know, I just I just want to be sure he he's so new at this. And, you know, I also missed Kira's. And Melo's like, oh, you missed Kiraz, huh? You, there's, you didn't miss Serkan at all? You mm-hmm. didn't want to see Serkan in this situation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is like, no, of course not. What are you thinking? Just totally denying mm-hmm. it. And in then, the, of course, yeah. they look and they're melting at the side of the two of them. Of course, because they're stinking adorable. Well, mm-hmm. again, this is the epitome of this next part 
is Sarkon <laughs> Bolat as a dad still being Sarkon Bolat. I oh I love gosh. that I love that he's not just like let me fall right into this father mode where I'm like this you know what I mean like because mm-hmm. that's not it's not realistic. Um and it's yeah, it's not him. It's not him. He's so log- he's too logical. He, to, absolutely. To not just tell her the truth. Right. So I love it because however, you know, I think she does she ask him like if he'd seen like when he was in outer space, like if he had seen yes. aliens and all this stuff. And he's like, Well, I didn't see them, yes. but you know, blah, blah, blah. She winds up saying something about mermaids. And he's yeah, she's like, like, Well, are there mermaids? And he's like she's just being a kid, thinking, yeah. Well, are there aliens? Well, are are there mermaids? <laughs> and he's like, um, yeah, mermaids aren't real. So no, I did not see those. And of course. She's like, mermaids aren't real, and like starts crying <laughs> because and, and is like, why is my daughter crying? Why did he make my daughter cry? She doesn't cry like this. What's going on? Oh, uh-huh. oh my gosh! Like, but you know that's devastating. Like, listen, my little almost four year old niece has a fish in her room. She named him Finn. Well, Finn died a couple days ago. <laughs> And and her parents figured it out first. And her dad was like, do we just like sneak? Like, what do we do? Are we going right. to like just replace this with an identical one? Like, and right. Megan, my sister, was like, no, we need to tell her. Like, this is a part of, you know. And yes. I was like, you know, I was really proud a of my sister. Of life. Yeah, I was really proud of her because I'm like, I don't know. I probably would have been like, no, let's go find an identical fish and like swap it out. Like, you know that, that's what your husband would do. And you, oh, he would be like, this child is never uh-huh. going to be sad about this no. fish. I'm buying them a no. million. He and would, this will be the, yep. the the oldest fish alive. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so that's exactly what Jason would do. When she was telling him about how sad she was, she was like, Uncle Jay, my fish died. He was like, his face. like, And she wasn't even, at that point, she wasn't sad anymore because she'd already been through that. But his Jason's face, he was like, <laughs> it did. Like, it was. You and guys have to understand. You, yeah, Kristen's yeah. husband. <laughs> this is what you need to understand. Like, is like if you saw him on the street, you wouldn't be like that guy looks really approachable. Like, no, you would not. <laughs> People He's got this big beard, <laughs> and like he looks pretty intimidating. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not to we, you because you've known I, him I your know whole life. Exactly, I've known <laughs> him a really long time. Um, even longer than so I have. I'm, I'm used <laughs> to him, but. Like he's not just someone. <laughs> no, he's but like, not. He, he, but he's the type that in in he's just a teddy bear and like yes. with kid, a, kids yep. love him. He's like, what do you what do you want some money? Like uh-huh. I'll, give you, I'll give you I'll give you some money. What do you want to do? You want me to buy you? You, uh-huh. you want me to buy you a pony? Okay, let's yep. go. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, and your nephews have him completely wrapped around their little fingers. Yes. So yeah. Yes. So, so anyway, it's yes. Just so, so him like, being like, <laughs> I watched his face when she told him that, and I was like, it's okay. She's not like sad about it anymore. Um, but you know, it's fine, Jason. <laughs> but they told her like what had happened, and of course she bursts into tears as soon as they tell her, and she's like, well, why does he have to die? You know, and like, Aww. and they're you know, Megan's trying to explain like that's just what happens, sweetie. Like, 
every living thing does die, like, at some point. Um, uh-huh. And she's like, but I'm so sad. Like, it's just Aww, like she couldn't grasp, yeah. like, but it's really sad, though. Um, mm-hmm. She has a new – she went and picked out a new fish recently who she named Red, and now things are happy, which is why she was able to tell us the story about how Finn died right. now. But, <laughs> but it like, it, I was watching this last night, and it immediately made me think of my poor uh-huh. <laughs> So <laughs> – so, yes, poor Kiraz is crying because mermaids are not real. Yeah. <laughs> and Ed is freaking out, of course, because who just wants to see their child burst into tears like that? Melo's right. again. Serkan is freaking out. Serkan's freaking out. Well, and he picks up his phone and Ed is like, okay, good. Like, he's going to call me to know, like, figure out what to do. But her phone's not ringing. So she's like, who the heck is he calling? He's not calling me to help with this, all this stuff. Of course, he's calling Angan. And Angan's like, yeah, bro, this is what happens. Like, you should have seen what happened when I told John Santa Claus wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. You know? And he's like, listen, when you when you calm her down, just come. I'll bring you to a bunch of parenting experts. Like, well, yes. you know, this will be good. So he gets off the phone. And I love this because he's like, again, mm-hmm. very Sarkhan. He's like, okay, listen, stop crying. Stop crying. <laughs> bana bak baka bana like i'm trying to talk to you so stop crying and he's like okay listen and he levels with her and honestly Mm -hmm. i appreciate this so much because kids understand a lot more than we give them credit for we don't always need to baby talk them we don't need to we don't always necessarily need to dumb things down right yeah and he's like okay listen here's the thing i'm the kind of person who believes in what i can see so Mm -hmm. i have not myself seen an alien or a mermaid but that doesn't mean they aren't real. It just means I haven't seen them, so they're not real to me. And mm-hmm. Kiraz, being 90% like her father, is like, mm-hmm. hmm, I like this reasoning. Like, yeah. And everything's <laughs> fine. Like, she's yep. good. <laughs> yep. And so off they go because he's like, all right, we're going to go. Well, and of all course, right. the chaos of Edda freaking out, she doesn't see them leave. So then she's mm-hmm. like, where'd they go? You know, oh my gosh, we got to find them. Yeah. So they see them get in a car and they. They pursue. Right. They're in pursuit. They per- yes. So, so now we're at mommy club. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So funny. I just love. It feels so t- so perfect for Angan's character. I agree. That he fits in perfectly with all these moms. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. I just love it because it's so Angan. It really just is. Mr. Like lovable, friendly, and it just. I I, I really liked it. Um, I, I agree. So. All of these women and Angan are talking at Serkan, and he is clearly overwhelmed. Poor and- introvert Serkan. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if this is how Ashley feels sometimes when she's with me. Like, I mean, be I honest, know. Ashley. I- <laughs> <laughs> Our friendship can handle it. <laughs> I guess it n- not just with you. I I think mostly if if it were a group like this, I would definitely mm-hmm. feel like Sarkon. Where I'm like, look, I have no place here. Like you <laughs> you guys clearly can be fine without me. <laughs> and if I extracted myself right now, nobody would notice. Um, so, and he is kind of like, I don't understand a word you guys are saying to me uh-huh. he's, like, he's like i have I, I should probably get going and Angan's like what are you talking about these are 
these are all of these women. Yeah, like, have where's your notebook? You should each. be taking notes. Like, <laughs> yeah, they know what they're talking about, man. These these women oh are experts. Gosh. And he's like, I don't know what these guys, what you're, you guys are talking about. I don't know and understand any of it. You're all talking about mother's milk. <laughs> oh my gosh, I choked the first time. So, <laughs> And I think I think what I think I think what made it even funnier to me is the translation. It wasn't breast milk; milk. it was mother's milk. (laughs) Especially when Kiraz is five years old, she clearly (laughs) clearly out of that phase now. Right, right. And poor Sarah Khan is like, "Excuse me, why do I need to be hearing about this?" Uh Oh man, so funny. Well, so then, of course, he's like, wait, where's Kiraz? And I love that because he's like, mm-hmm. uh, where is she? You know, and they're like, oh, she's right here. She comes running up with John. She's like, I fell. And then he's like, he like stands up and he's like, what the? We're going to the hospital. They're, and they're, all these women are looking at him like, Sarkhan, are you not listening? Like, and he's like, no, she could have tetanus or some other virus. <laughs> and and then that's when Kiraz is like, um, don't exaggerate, Sarkhan Bolat. <laughs> I'm fine. You just, just need to buy, buy me, me ice cream. cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because he did you the way he picks her up. He's like, we're going back to my house. And he just like picks her up like she's a like sack she's of a, potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he kind of adjusts her at the right. end. But, but he, <laughs> he does like a like a fireman carry yes. at first. Yes, like, that's what exactly you what put it her is. Over your shoulder. Like you it was so funny and i was thinking man that maya is gonna look back on this time in her life when she's older and be like kiran person like was just picking me up hoisting me playing with me like man she's probably having the time of her life i I know how fun would it be i've never been more jealous of children than i have in turk disease because between between um Kerem and Maya and uh-huh. Barack Denise and the little girl who plays his daughter on Marashla because he's always just like he's just always so he just um fawns over her you know like mm-hmm. he's always like Guzelem my beauty he reads her poetry he's constantly worried about her so he's just like brushing her hair with his hands and like mm-hmm. like um there's probably something wrong with me to be jealous of a couple of like seven-year-olds but Anyways, um, where do I get the job to play one of their children? Because this right. seems – and get paid for it. And get paid for it. <laughs> Anyhow, so, yeah, he hoists her up fireman style and is like, we're out of here. Yeah. So – Well, and then as, as this is all happening, Eda and Melo are watching. And, of course, like you had mentioned earlier, Melo kind of tricks her and points out oh, that yes. Emily is jealous. Because, She's of like, course, mm-hmm. why would she want somebody else kissing Sarah Khan? And does it – is this when she's – oh, no, it it's later. We, we'll we we'll get to that later. Okay. Um. So we we continue with the day and mm-hmm. Sarah Khan takes Kiraz back to his house. Um, it is freaking out. She's like, where'd they go? They just left, but I don't know where they're going. And Milo's like, calm down. Like, I'm sure it's yeah. fine. Um. And it is like, well, I'm going to call him just to check in. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at this point, it makes sense because as far as he knows, she hasn't been following yeah. them. So, And she plays it cool. Right. She's like, oh, merhaba, Serkan. Just wondering how it's going, where you guys are at. And he's like, oh, we're back at my house, like, petting the horses. And she's like, okay, cool. Good to And, like, hangs up the phone. She's like, we're going. Yeah. 
So well, and this time Melo can't come. She has stuff to do. Oh yeah, yeah. So Melo sends Ida off on her own. You're right. So um, she, we're back at the Bolat house, and he's helping. Mm-hmm. He's helping Kiraz feed the horses, and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "Can I mm-hmm. ride them?" And he's like, "Impossible." And then like <laughs> ten minutes later, she's riding a horse. By the way. Um, <laughs> And And then he introduces her to Sirius and she immediately knows that it's him. She's like, oh, this must be Sirius. And he's kind of like, yeah, but he doesn't really like people. So, and of course he stops talking because Mm -hmm. she just goes over and pets him. And because she is his and Ida's daughter, Sirius obviously Mm -hmm. loves her immediately. Yep. And doesn't bark, doesn't growl, just lets her pet him. Yep. I love it. So... Um, so he's like, yeah, of course. And he's like, oh, serious. I see. You know this. You already know this routine very well. Uh Um, so then she's kind of running around and, um, she asks about this particular room because she's like, what's in here? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't see in the windows. And he's like, oh yeah, no, no, you're not allowed in there. Nobody's allowed to go in there. And she's like, well, I don't like forbidden rooms. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, okay, but you know what? There's someone important you need to meet. And this woman, Julia, comes in and he introduces them. Yes. We don't know who she is at this point, but we'll go ahead and just say. Right. She's a, she's like a, she's a teacher. Like, mm-hmm. um, and someone who's also, you know, a, she's familiar with children. So Sarah Khan also has her there to help him mm-hmm. learn how to be a good father, how to properly interact with her, all that kind of stuff. Because of course, of, of course, Sarah Khan hired someone for that of course um, he needs so, an expert he's not right. just gonna walk into this without any help no so um pu- we get a little sideshow Pearl shows up at Engen's mom group does she kind of do they all get mad at her about something because later on she's like well so- <laughs> those women hate just their husbands and me so <laughs> but I was like I don't you know what this is about the time last night that I started that um leaning and rolled sleeves thread on twitter oh yeah so, so i was a like a little distracted i was a little distracted by all the <laughs> leaning posts people were sending me yes, of turkish men leaning on things <laughs> so she basically comes to extract engin because engin is supposed to be the one working now and oh yeah at, that's right and, <laughs> yeah but instead of working he he took john from school early and then oh. met all of his <laughs> all of the neighborhood biddies so that they could teach Serkan how to be a dad oh and my so she God. is kind of like hey husband lovely wonderful love of mine did you take john out of school without telling me and oh my i'm gosh. supposed to be the stay-at-home parent in this situation <sighs> now so he's like, oh, yeah, I, I got to go. And he runs off to get, to get back to the work he was supposed to be doing. Oh, my gosh. And okay. she sits down and she's got like a notepad because she would be me in that situation mm-hmm. and is like, okay, how do I relate to these people that I don't know? And she's just kind of sitting there and, and they're all talking and she's kind of trying to um, join in, in the conversation and in the situation. Well – Later on, we find out it didn't go very well because of what she says. She's like, yeah, those all of those women only hate their husbands and me. Like, so something must have okay, happened. Okay, so we didn't see what happened, though. We didn't see oh, what Okay, because I was like, I clearly missed whatever happened. And I mean, I right. wasn't 
I was distracted, but I was like, I felt like I was paying enough attention that if something had gone down, I would have seen it. But it was so late last night because I was so distracted by that Twitter thread. It took me like five hours to watch this episode. So I was like, I'm not rewinding back. I'll just ask Ashley tomorrow. Yeah. So that happens with Pearl. And then later on, Angan, he's in a mess with work. Right. All of this stuff has gotten messed up. And she's like, look, why don't I help you and you help me? Why don't we help each other? And we'll go back to the way things were. And Angan's like, yes, please. Because they're both trying and it's just not working. Not working with their switch yeah, roles. for either of them. Right. Okay. So that makes total sense. Yeah, because Erdem like yeah. messed a bunch of stuff up and sent the wrong things to other things. And because because right. Angan wasn't on top of things, he didn't catch it. Exactly. Okay, so that makes sense. All the construction sites are jacked up, and Sarkon doesn't yeah. know, so they're just going to fix all this under his nose. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. So got that's it. that. Yeah. So Julia's trying to help poor stressed Sarkon, and he's, I love it because she's like, listen, first of all, what you need to understand is that there are no perfect fathers. And mm-hmm. what he says, I know it was like a funny thing, but again, it's so Sarkon because he's like, so well, Sarkon. if there are no perfect fathers, then why am I, why am I even being one? Right. Because what's the point. What's the point? And I'm like, you know what? Like, yes, that was a funny, very like good nod to again perfectionist Sarkon having mm-hmm. to be the best at everything. But it's also a reminder that it reminded me of that conversation he had with Alptekin way back in the day, where he's mm-hmm. like. I wasn't ever allowed to mess up. You didn't allow me to mess up. I couldn't be a kid. I had to be perfect. I wasn't allowed to make mistakes. Like, just a reminder of how much that man screwed up his son. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's – that perfectionism has been totally ingrained in him. Yeah. Yep. And now he's – having to deal with a situation where he literally cannot be perfect all the Mm -hmm. time as a dad. So anyhow, I just put my poor robot. So Edda shows up and is telling Melo, oh, there's a woman here. And all she's hearing is bits and pieces of their conversation. Yeah. And Serkan is like, look, I'm not going to be able to raise her without you, Julia. Like, because Julia's like, I can't be here all the time, Serkan. And he's like, You're gonna well, that's what I have you to- for. <laughs> You're going to need to learn to deal with this on your own. He's like, no, no, we're we're gonna raise her together. Like, I I'm not doing this alone. What are you thinking? So of course, Ed is like, oh, I've got to go because I am because she had stated early on, like, I'm not gonna be replaced by some stepmother. And it's just yes. funny because I'm like, Ed, listen, that man is not gonna marry anyone else but you. However, however, I want to point out, I'm like, you can be heartbroken all you want. You can even be like, I. I don't I don't know if I can go there again with this person. But still, we are human beings. So the idea though of them actually moving on even though you're like, "Well, I I can't take that step and be with you. Like I don't have that trust. I'm scared. I'm cautious. I'm, you know." Mm-hmm. Like it would still make sense to be like, "Well, but wait, if he moves on, wait, what? He's, you know what I mean? Like having that. So, yeah. you know, she can See, know that he loves happen. her. Yeah. Right. He can know that she, that he, lo- she can know that he absolutely loves her and is head over heels in mm-hmm. love. But it's also logical to think like, well, he might eventually move on because I am not indicating in any way 
that like there's hope for us. So crap, like, you know. Yeah. Well, and and actually coming to terms with it or or seeing it in mm-hmm. front of your eyes as a possibility yep. be a shock to the system <laughs> yep in a way that most people aren't going to be willing to admit but right. it's it's going to happen even if you're any ex you see mm-hmm. them and it's like oh oh wow okay well they're i i guess they're happy or you know what i mean yeah it's, it's yep. always going to be some sort of a a, a thing yeah yes. so you know of course she's like oh yeah let me make myself known so she shows up and you know ed so i said drain the pool ed loading yeah and that's she, funny i said i said lol who's draining the pool now ed uh-huh. <laughs> she walks up and she's like merhaba like i'm here and he's like oh hey ed you know and kid Roz runs up and she's like Anne, and she's like that's right Anne is here like what? Well, cuz at first Julia was like, "Oh, good. Good. The her mom is here. Like, thank God." <laughs> but Edda's just like, "Yes, that's right. My Anne is here." <laughs> and who are you? <laughs> and Kiraz is like, "Oh, she's a very close friend of Serkan Bolat." <laughs> and she's like, "Mom, what's a close friend?" And she's like, "Well, I don't know exactly what I know what a friend is, but I don't know about this closeness and blah, blah. like, you know, she's just getting And Serkan can see exactly what is happening and he, again yeah. he's loving it because he's like okay she won't say it she won't admit it, but clearly she loves like she still loves me there's feelings there like all right i just got to be patient and be able to prove to her like i'm i'm here for the long haul yes. so you know so he's just cracking up you know and he's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she's like Eventually, she's like, Sarah, I need to talk to you. And he's like, what? She's trying to like mumble it. And he's like, Edda, I can't understand you when your lips aren't moving. (laughs) And she's like, I need to talk to you over there. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, Kiraz, stay very close to Julia. And she's like, well, not too close. Like, Edda, (laughs) don't get too close to her, dear. Don't get attached. And so they walk over to like the coffee bar. I love what Edda (laughs) says. Oh my gosh. I was like, Edda, your green eyes are showing a little too much right now. Oh, sweetie, yes. Because she says, on the, ver- on the very first day I entrusted you with Kiraz, a million women rub against you. <laughs> and he's like, I love it. She, and he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, in the park, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm and just now curious. this one. Uh-huh. And I love it because he's like, like, who are all these are women? You following me? Uh-huh. <laughs> And she's like, it's good that I followed you, Serkan Bolat. <laughs> Look at what I saw. And he's like, oh, I understand. I didn't understand it, but I get it now. I get it he's now. Like, what did you see, Edda? She's like, Serkan, look. <laughs> she's got her finger up. She's oh like, this woman will no longer come to this house. <laughs> this woman. And he's like, no, this woman will strengthen my bond with Kiraz. And she's like, what are you saying? She's like, I said that she would not come to this house. <laughs> and he's like, uh, forgive me, but the other day, because I said a word to Booba, there was nothing left that you didn't say. Uh-huh. I couldn't <laughs> interfere. Like, this- mm-hmm. He's like, this guy floats into a house that I can't <laughs> enter. I'm not going to accept that. <laughs> and she's like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> she says, plus she grew up with Booba. And, uh... 
She's like, and look, you can have fun with any woman that you want. And he's smirking at her. Oh, my gosh. The Saracon <laughs> smirk. <laughs> oh, she's like, um, she's like, while you want to be the father of my daughter, no woman can be her mother. And you can't accept any other woman into oh. your life. <laughs> And he just starts laughing. Well, because she's like, don't laugh. One, he's reveling in just how jealous she is. Uh Uh-huh. And two, he's probably like, how, like, there is no other woman in my life for me. Like, there will never be. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've been celibate for five years. Like. And he's just <sighs> laughing. She's getting mad, of course. She's oh like, don't gosh. laugh. Why are you laughing? He's like, what woman are you talking about? More precisely, women. Women. <laughs> With air quotes. <laughs> 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 so she's like, well, for now, let's just concentrate on Julia. And he just is laughing still. And he's like, oh, but she has pretty eyes, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, he. I, I love that so much. I love it. Oh, my gosh. So she's just getting more and more mad. She's like, well, what else do you think is beautiful about her? And he's like, are you wondering who Julia is? Is (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, Julia, Ida, is a friend of mine from university. And at the same time, she is one of the most successful teachers in Turkey. And the immediate tune. Oh, my gosh. The way her tune changes – so quickly she's like you got a teacher for kiraz and then she bolts and she's like kiraz have you said hello to your julia hanum like oh Oh my my gosh gosh. hilarious sarakhan bring us coffee like (laughs) oh my gosh she's like we couldn't get to know each other and he's all you are jealous Oh, oh, I love it. I it's it, that whole thing was so satisfying. So satisfying. That like that kind of that kind of drain the pool jealousy is just uh-huh. my favorite, favorite so kind. So oh, Edda so then is actually sitting down and chatting with Julia and like she's yes. kind of trying to explain the whole Bola Yolda situation. You know, like we mm-hmm. we lead very different lives. Like I've I've raised Kiraz this way. You know, but I know the bolats are different and they're going to implement these things. And like, you know, she's right. just like, I want us to find, you know, I want all these, all these people Kiraz loves. She has this big family. I just want things to be good. So, you know, basically help us adjust with that. Right. And Julia's like, well, it sounds like you guys need to cohabitate. And of course, mm-hmm. or at least at the very least be on the same page about this stuff. And she's like, cohabitate. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, She's <laughs> like, I just don't want her to be spoiled. That's all. Mm-hmm. And then, as that's being said, Serkan's leading Kiraz around on a pony. Uh-huh. <laughs> on a pony. <laughs> oh, man. I and, you know, and she's like, oh, no. She's like, well, I'll just talk to Aidan, Hanum. Like, I'll just explain to her not to spoil her too much, all this stuff. And Julia's like, okay. Like, kind of like, I don't really think that's what's going to work. But Aidan mm-hmm. gets home. You know, she's got oodles and oodles of gifts and when Edda realizes those are all for Kiraz, she's like, um, can we not try to make up for five years in one day? Like, yeah, you know, and um, and she's like, well, Kiraz was born a bola and, you know, just all you can already tell what this is going to be building towards. Um, yes. Then 
Well, um, then uh, Sir Khan comes and joins them. With, yes. With uh, is I'm are, is she still on the horse at this point? I or I think maybe not after may, this. Yeah, I don't think she's on the horse at this point. Okay, I, she's probably yeah. with Safi or something because she's not. I don't think she's physically That's there with right. them. Because they're all talking and it does kind of like, excuse me, you literally have been her dad for a day and you already got her a pony. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I, said, I said, it's just a pony is uh-huh. such circumvola energy. I was, I was like... If if I could bottle a moment of uh-huh. Sercon being a dad, I feel like it would be this. It's just a pony. Right. <laughs> it's not some like prize winning racehorse. He's not some <laughs> thoroughbred. It's not a Clydesdale. It's you know it's what I mean? Just like a pony. it's just a pony. <laughs> and Edda's like, excuse me, what <laughs> what child in the world, what normal child just has a pony for herself? Oh my god. I I just loved that moment. It was so subtle, but uh-huh. him just acting like, What why are you freaking out, woman? It's just a pony. Yes. So Ifair's we do get a quick over Ifair being all hung up on Sercon wanting to make him look mm, bad. Yeah. This is where we she hones in on Erdem and like, oh, we're yeah. gonna talk about how he overworks them, he's busy, blah, blah, blah. So at the bullet house, all this arguing, well, not I won't call it arguing, but arguing, I guess, is going on regarding spoiling Kiraz. Angan mm-hmm. calls in the midst of all that to invite Edser and Kiraz to dinner with him, Pearl, and John. Right. And he's like, let's all go to dinner. And he's like, okay, we'll be there. So um, we get to this and Will- Willa gave me the subs for this, which I appreciated because mm. I was like, you know what? Like there was some good stuff being said here. Yeah. Both of them in defense of their friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, and some eye-opening stuff there. But Angin, you know, they kind of start out like, listen, friends, being parents is a shared responsibility. You shouldn't fight in front of the child. And Sarakon's like, look who's talking. <laughs> I don't think there are any fights left for the two of you to have in front of John. And I love it because Pearl's like, don't you dare question our relationship, Sarakon. We love each other. And yes, Edda's like. I loved that. And then right. Angin's like, yeah. And he blows her a little kiss. Uh-huh. And Edda's <laughs> like, yeah, our situation is hard and different because they love each other. And Sarakon's like, well, we each other like he's like listen we can act like two people who love each other however hard it may be <laughs> so hard Sarkhan yeah so hard Sarkhan <laughs> and Pearl's like really Sarkhan after everything you put this girl through it's going to be very difficult and Angan's mm-hmm. like don't say that my love after Edda's departure Sarkhan suffered a lot and Edda gets kind of sassy and she's like oh tell me how did he suffer what did he go through tell me Angan and well, Sarkhan says Sarkhan's like don't tell her Angan and Angan's like no I will brother and honestly I loved this from Angan mm-hmm. he's like I swear I've had it Edda after you left this man lost 20 kilos he did not come to work um he wasn't coming to work for months and Sarkhan's like well, you're exaggerating, but also that's true. And you can see a little bit of Edda being like, oh, like, yeah, you know. And Angan's like, I know, think about it this way. You know, you, he breaks it down the way Edda has always referred to him. He's like a robot, right? So emotionless, the crazy kind. You know how in the movies when robots realize that they've actually started feeling emotions that they just want to rip out their mechanical hearts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, that's what you did. You're, you were ripping out your mechanical heart, brother. 
instead of just facing her and telling her and explaining to her what you were feeling and going through. Um, and he's like, tell, I told you to tell her that you're in love with her, but no. And then Pearl's like, look, don't make me open my mouth or I'll start explaining how Edda suffered every day for the years and years and you'll be crushed at what I have to say. And Edda like nudges her and because Sarkon, the light bulb turns on. And he's like, wait yeah. a minute. If you know everything she's been through. Mm-hmm. Right. If you know everything it has been through, he's like, you knew this whole time. And then, of course, he's like, did you know to Angan? And he's like, oh, absolutely not. I did not know. And he's like, yeah. shame on you, Pearl. Honestly, shame on you. I don't want to see you again. And she's like, listen. She's like, as if we see as if we see your face already. Um, Mimar from Chile. And um, it is like, listen, I tell him to leave, but he won't. So wherever he came from. And Sarkhan's like, well, you're just going to have to get used to it. Get used to it for life. <laughs> And it is like, I love this because she's like, I hate you, Sarkon Bola. And he says, I wish I could say the same. Yeah. So then. Oh, so good. Yeah. So then, um, you know, he's like, okay, let's order food. It's delicious here. Um, yeah. And, well, and then we yeah. switch over to John and Kiraz because they're on these little horses. And yeah. Kiraz is telling him how much fun she had at the Bola's house. And John is kind of like well wait so your parents live in different houses mm-hmm. and she says oh yeah he circumbola has his house and then we have ours and john says well parents are supposed to live at the same house he says i have this friend and his parents live in different houses and then his dad never came back his dad moved to a different house and then he never came back and when she and says Kiraz, like her yeah, little face oh. yeah she's like oh wait a second are you serious because you know she who knows what she was expecting right out of this new life with suddenly having a, a dad but she clearly is not thinking that her dad is going to leave her and then never come back. Right. So to hear that from her little buddy is she's clearly going to be upset and yeah. start to get worried about this whole situation. So that happens. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Pearl is continuing to tell Sarkon, like, listen, you need to understand, okay, like, you and I have been friends a long time, so you of anyone should understand exactly why I kept this from you and all that. Well, then, the you know, in the midst of that, the phone rings. Edda's phone rings. And it's Italy calling. So she's like, oh, my gosh, Italy's mm-hmm. calling. Da, da, da. And so Sarah kind of explains to Ingen and Pearl, like, they want her to do this, you know, um, big architecture job, uh, landscape architecture job. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I'll answer it. So she answers, they chat a few minutes, she gets off the phone and she's like, I got the job. And of course they all congratulate. She hops up and <laughs> it's so funny because she goes for the congratulatory hug. Sarkon goes uh, for the congratulatory kiss. He sure does. And it's funny though, because when they sit back down, because he's like, this is amazing, you know, congratulations. Do you notice he like touches his lips? Like, mm-hmm. and because, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because he's. A smitten kitten. Because he is a smitten little kitten. So Ed is like, okay, calls Kiraz over. And she's like, sweetie, are you done playing? Like, we've got to go. Mom's got to go home and start drawing plans. And she, this mm-hmm. is when she's like, um, yeah, I want to stay at the farm tonight. Yeah. And she's like, well, sweetie, we can't. We have to go home so I can work, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but I don't want to because, well, will Serkan Bolat ever leave me? 
Well, because she says, John says his parents live in the same house. Yes. She's like, don't, don't you guys love each other? And Ed kind of looks, like, looks oh, at crap. Sercon. And she says, is Sercon Bolat going to leave me? Oh, my gosh. And then Ed is like, she's asking you a question. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, honestly, she can't. And she can't answer that for Sercon. Right, he has right. to answer that. Yeah. But, yeah, so he, he oh. does. I love that he because and I think he grabs her hands here. I think you're right. And he he bends over and he looks straight in her little face and he says, "I give you my word as a bolat that I will never leave you." Oh. And, and then, then she, she hugs him. <gasps> and then he we get that little secret smile of his again, mm-hmm. like where you can just tell he's melting even more. Mm-hmm. And it's a very sweet moment. So he's like, "Okay, Edda, listen." What if you guys come over and stay the night? You can work on your drawings there. Like, it'll calm her down and reassure her. And so she agrees. So she's like, okay, we'll go stay the night tonight. Mm -hmm. So um, we get some boohoo Barack where Melo is trying to cheer him up. Um, Yeah. And I mean, they they get a little – they have a little moment. mm -hmm. So it's – and you can tell that Melo is – trying to fight her own feelings too right Um, yeah yeah because after she's like all sweet to him and he walks away she's like wait what what feelings am i revealing i don't have any feelings like i'm not like she's like trying to reason within herself um Mm -hmm. so yeah but Ada calls i fair and she of course is mad about the situation stay mad i care about i fair um so it's bedtime at the bullets excuse Mm -hmm. me sorry i couldn't mute my mic in time um, it's bedtime at the Bolats. I love that because Sarkon is not in the room at the moment because mm-hmm. she's fallen asleep. So she's just kind of been laid in her bed and he walks out for something. I think he's well, getting he, like a he phone call. He carried her in. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And lays her in bed. And then he has somebody from abroad is calling. So she's like, okay, yes. no problem. Step out. So she's like taking off Kiraz's shoes. Well, Kiraz wakes up yeah. and she's like, oh, I see you woke up. And she's like, I'm just so happy. And she's like, well, your happiness is what matters, sweetie, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Kiraz, being Kiraz, continues to spill more chai. And she's like, you know what I am <laughs> curious about, though, is Serkan Bolat's secret room. And Enda's like, oh, Serkan Bolat has a secret room, does he? Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, he says nobody can see it. So she's like, hmm. Well, Serkan walks back in at that moment. And he's like, oh, you woke up, I see. And I love it because he's like, well, why don't I finish getting her ready for bed? You go start working on your drawings. Well, because yeah. he doesn't realize because, again, he's Serkan and he's a dad, but he's still Serkan. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, well, help her with her PJs and all that and I'll be out. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what? And he's like looking at Kiraz and he's like, you don't need help with your PJs. Like, you're a big girl. You can put on your own PJs. And she's like, mm-mm. And he's like, do you remember I told you you're going to have to start depending on yourself for things? Like like when he was teaching her to tie her shoe. Like, you need to learn to do yeah. things for yourself. I just loved that. I mean, obviously, he winds up getting suckered into helping her into her PJs and all that. Of course. Um, I just – I thought it was really – I just thought that was really funny because I was like, that's – Yeah. Again, he's a dad, but he's still Zerkan. Mm-hmm. So he finishes getting so, her ready for bed. Yeah. And she's asleep and um, it does working and they're kind of talking about her sketches. She shows him what she's doing and he likes it, of course. So she's like, okay, I'm going to do a quick check on Kiraz. Okay, quick and then, time out. There is a mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes photo that MF Yupum released. It's so cute because – um, 
he and it's Kurem and Hande because he's like got his chin like resting on her shoulder while they're like looking Aww. at the computer. It's so adorable. But I was like, well, it's not Ed Sarah because they're not back together yet. But right. <laughs> I just thought it was the cutest picture because it's right at this scene. So anyways, keep going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's really cute. Um, yeah. So she goes and checks. She says, I'm going to go check on Kiraz. And he is working and looking back over uh, some plans that he needs to. Mm-hmm. Well, she decides she's going to go have a look and look for this secret room. Mm-hmm. Because well, she's probably revealed. like, I lived here. What the heck is this secret room yeah. about? Uh-huh. Exactly. So she starts poking around and she sees <laughs> this room where the curtains are drawn and she can't really see what's inside. And it the door is locked. But <laughs> Edda, being Edda... Is she knows Sarakon. Yep. So she checks above, uh, b- around by the door, and she finds a key, and she lets herself in, and we walk into this shrine. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And as she's kind of taking this all in, and she's a little overwhelmed by what she's seeing because mm-hmm. literally everything is in there. Any token of their relationship any sort of reminder the globe is in there and the the handcuffs yes shell like all of everything is literally everything even remember those shoes that idon pulled out for their wedding like they're um when or not idon i'm sorry i fair when they're like going through all her stuff as a kid and there's like shoes from when she was a little girl um In episode 28, like, even those shoes are there. They're just, like, it, like, everything. I, yeah, I meant to kind of catalog it a little slower, but the <laughs> the camera work was a little weird. It was a little mm-hmm. choppy, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, oh, this yeah. is, I felt like I couldn't see everything. But The anyway. editing the last few episodes has left a bit to be desired. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But all that to say, everything is in there. So he sees that she is in there, and he follows her in, and he tells her. He's not even mad. Like, no. No, he – and I feel like he's seeing this as an opportunity. Yes. To continue to be open with her. And And show her really how much he did not forget about her. Like, that this is – That's not what this breakup was at all. And he has – shown her with words and mm-hmm. this is another way in his actions and that he's able to to show her that yeah he hasn't forgotten her that he's yeah. still in love with her because yeah. he says i kept oh both of our dogs are barking right now okay so he sorry says, about that <laughs> <laughs> so he says i've i kept everything related to you mm-hmm. and there are even things uh because we we have a quick scene change but we go back and she says yeah i noticed yeah <laughs> and she says and these cards and he says they're the business cards of all the restaurants that we've ever been to <laughs> so she didn't even really understand what you know what are the cards from yeah and he has to explain that he kept the business cards to every restaurant they've ever been to and she says, oh, the local soup cafe on your birthday. Oh, which was, this and was our first hint of what was coming. Oh, Ugh. my gosh. I, mm, we'll get there, but. Yeah. 
So he says, at first, I didn't know why I was storing it, but then I realized... Wait, what does he say? Did I miss that? Nope. And then I realized he's like, he then I finish because she, he's just looking at her, like waiting for her to be like, you realize what? Right. She's but she's not she's ready skittish and she's not ready. No. So she's like, <laughs> um, what are in these boxes? So he's like, okay, I guess I'm gonna let it slide. Right. And he says, those uh, are and all. what are in the boxes, Kristen? Okay, listen. Okay, there's stuff from her. Missed every birthday he spent without her. I just sit here picturing him over the last five years, just like simultaneously torturing himself, but also Mm -hmm. feeling close to her in this room. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh. Anyways. And so. And Serkan Bolat, who doesn't even like to celebrate his own birthday, who doesn't think birthdays are anything to be celebrated, Mm -hmm. he, for the last five years, bought edda presents that he yep. didn't know he would ever be able to give to her nope and they're just to celebrate here. her birthday when she didn't even know <sighs> so he asks her if she'd like to open them and she's like oh yeah gosh. and he says okay give me five minutes let's open them out outside so uh-huh. she slowly walks out listen the second okay i lost my dang mind because i knew right right as soon as they were sitting out there and he walks in with that cupcake Oh my gosh. I knew because Mar- Mary, remember, Miriam texted yes. me that yep. day and was like, Kristen, stay off the timeline. <laughs> Something just happened that I know you're going to love. Da, 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 da. And then I, you know, I wasn't on our Twitter at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, because I kept getting notifications for mentions, but I wasn't reading any mm. of them. As I watched, after I watched this episode, I scrolled all the way back to Wednesday's live. And yeah. was, like, reading all the mentions from people. And I was just like, yeah. I love how well people know me. Because, listen, I tweet this – I tweet that birthday scene from Seven, like, once a week. Like, it is – and I I say it – I anyone who knows me in the fandom knows. That is my absolute favorite scene from the entire series. Like, it's their first kiss that's not just for show, even though it's a cheek kiss. Like – I, I know I've probably said this on the podcast before, too, so I don't really need to rehash it. But it, you guys just know for several reasons why that scene is my absolute favorite and will probably remain my absolute favorite forever. Like, so when he brings out that cupcake and I realized we were getting a role reversal parallel of that birthday scene, I like freaked I, I freaked out and I was like sending voice memos to the girls I'm in a group chat with because you hadn't watched the episode yet. So I couldn't freak out to you. Um, and so and a few people were like, please tell me you recorded your reaction. So I was like, OK, I'll I'll put the voice memos at the end of the episode um, if you guys want to hear what I sounded like. But I ugh, and I'm like, OK, this is pro- this is probably cocky, but I'm like, I would like to think Aisha did that. As a tailor-made scene, just for us, because... No, you mean for you. Okay, just for me. <laughs> I mean, listen, me- <laughs> I know I know that's not the case. This was just a perfect opportunity to parallel and showcase that. But I just, oh my gosh, I, I just love it so much because of how much that original scene means to me. So... I, ugh, yeah, I love this entire scene. This scene made the episode for me. And yeah, so he sits down, tells her to make a wish and lights the cupcake. And she this gutted me. Oh, a hundred percent. And I'm like, hallelujah. I, praise the Lord. We don't have to wait two years to find out what this man wished on his birthday. 
Yeah. Ugh. Because she asks, if you tell me the wish that you made all those years ago, then I'll tell you. Or then I will. I'll make a wish. And he says, I wished that you would meet a worthy man. Unfortunately, my wish didn't come <gasps> true. <laughs> oh. Now, okay. I, I saw somewhere else that it said, um, and I don't know, either one honestly is gutting. Somewhere else there was a translation that said, um, I wished that I would be a worthy man of you. Mm. And honestly, I either mean, one they're, is. They're one in the same, yes, really. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my So gosh. now I'm like, okay, well, you know what I hope her wish was? I hope her wish was that he would see that he is a man, mm-hmm. a man that's worthy. Like, yeah. I hope, I hope that's what her wish is. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just like, of course that's what he wished. Like, of course, of course, of course. it is because it's Erkan. Mm-hmm. So he, let's, let's go through the gifts. Okay. Um, so gift number oh, one, sorry, I just hit the mic. Sorry if that's really loud to anyone listening. Oh, I didn't even hear it. Okay. Um, yeah, gift number one, it's super obvious. We, there's not much to dive into with that. It's a callback to Antalya yeah. and flip flop, mm-hmm. which I thought yeah. was adorable. Yeah. The white number dress. Two is a white <sighs> dress from Paris. And him and saying white suits you. Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact that he got it in Paris, which is a place that they were supposed to go together. Mm-hmm. So you know that while he was there, he was just thinking about her. Oh, 100%. And about the fact that they weren't there together. Yep. So it, it yep. was – I'm sure it was a repeat of the scene where he's in the mall with Engin and he sees a dress and he's like, oh, look at that dress. I'll, I'll, I'll bet Ada would like it. So yeah. He, he clearly saw it and immediately – Knew well, he had to buy it for her. And just the fact that he says white suits you. And white is used to represent things like purity, innocence, mm-hmm. being angelic. Like, all things mm-hmm. he's used to describe her and why she's too good for him. Like, yeah. so then the scarf is, I mean, that's from Nestle Han's clothing line. So I didn't look too much into that. I mean, he does say, right. like, oh, you know how rare and hard these are to find. So clearly they're supposed to be, like, some very special type of mm-hmm. um, scarf. Okay, Pride and prejudice. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to call back to when – because as you guys know, we've mentioned Krisha's reviews before that she does for DZ Law. Back in episode two of Central Kapama, when the show had barely started, when we had no indication, there was no Pride and Prejudice references or books or anything like that. In her mm-hmm. review, she wrote, there are also some literary parallels in the storytelling in – in that this DZ is beginning to resemble a modern retelling of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Not in every aspect, but there are enough similarities to bear thinking that writer Aisha Uner Kutlu might have used Pride and Prejudice as a jump as a jumping off point for Senchal Kapama. Serkan is cold and stern and more than a little misanthropic, like Darcy, and Edda mm-hmm. is impulsive and spirited and hates Serkan slash Darcy at the beginning, not much unlike Elizabeth Bennet. And if this is Aisha's intent, I am all over it um so i was like look at krisha she called this way back in the beginning of the series um well and darcy is also very much a man of action and not a man of words mm -hmm. so they are also very similar in that way because he (laughs) 
he shows his love by doing things mm-hmm. for Elizabeth and taking care of things and taking care of her. And quietly doing it without credit, uh-huh. much like mm-hmm. Sarkhan did with the uh, with the nursery. He made it very yep. clear he didn't want Ada to know. Um, mm-hmm. There, You know what I mean? Like the fact yeah. that he paid for Layla's sister's surgery and then like kept tabs to make sure she recovered okay. Like, and he never yep. told that even though Layla was like, I know it was you. Um mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. And someone else on Twitter, um, another reviewer, um, MH Musings, I'll link the Twitter thread because I'm not going to read the entire thing. Um, But the first part of her thread says, answer as to why I think Pride and Prejudice is a central theme in Senchal Kapima. Edser started with Edda thinking that he was personally responsible for her downfall. He's too proud to admit his mistake thinks that she's a gold digger and they initially both start off prejudice against each other and they go through their journey in love where their prejudices get broken but both are proud individuals who find it difficult to express their feelings um and it goes on and i'll link the whole thread if you guys want to read it but so i i love that we kind of finally got confirmation of that by him Mm -hmm. giving her that book for her birthday um yeah i i loved that and and then, of course, the final gift is mm-hmm. this gold locket, a gold heart locket with his initials yes. on it because she says, yeah. Sepe. And mm-hmm. he looks kind of bashful and almost a little bit, like, not embarrassed, but, you know, like, yeah, like. Well, it's, listen, it's a pretty yeah. forward gift. Yes, it for is. Him, for him to give her. That's a very personal and meaningful and symbolic gift Absolutely. for him to give her with his own initials. Well, and to me, it says like, okay, on his birthday, she gave him the world, which that was also symbolic because she kind of did symbolically give him that by entering into his life. Like she mm-hmm. opened him back up to being alive again. I mean, even his own mother tells her that um, before she's going to leave for Italy the first time. Um, and he stops her by professing his love. But, um, you know, she's like, yeah, you – you woke him up. You made him realize that there's life to live. So in essence, yes, she gave him that globe as like right. a cute little like, what do you give someone who has everything? You give him the world. But she really did mm-hmm. give him the world. And he is giving her all he has, which is his heart. Like, mm-hmm. that's all he has to give her. And yeah. uh, ugh, I just. And the whole the whole parallel aspect I felt was so fitting to right now in the timeline of their story mm-hmm. because their roles really have reversed in mm-hmm. many ways because Serkan is the one who is being open and he's being forthright in what he wants out of their relationship and that he does want her, that he still wants her, that he's always wanted her. Mm-hmm. And she is the one who now is having to deal with these walls that she's built around her own heart yep. in trying to protect herself and in trying to figure out the situation with Kiraz. Mm-hmm. So I I was like, this is so fitting for right now. Yes. In the show. And it was it was perfect. It I was agree. perfect. It was ugh yeah. Like that scene will just always be special to me because of what the original scene is to me. And I just love that I it never even occurred to me too, funnily enough, that being my favorite scene, it never even occurred to me to like hope or wish for a parallel to that scene so Mm. then getting it 
it felt even more like I wasn't even like, oh, I've been waiting for this. It was like, I didn't realize how much I needed this. Ugh. Yeah. So bravo writing team. Um, so the so, next morning, Kiraz well, wakes up. Wait, she kisses him on the cheek. That's right. We get the we get the, the final mm-hmm. the final parallel of the she scene. kisses him on the cheek to thank him. But now this was cruel on whoever chooses the music because they played the same song they play at the end of eleven when they All like right. full on profess their love and kiss. And but. when she pulls away from that cheek kiss, he is he is. His well, eyes are like, like burrowing lasers into happening? her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's intense. Right now. <laughs> yep. It is intense. It is like you can tell he wants to just like devour her. And he's like mm-hmm. holding himself back, trying to see like wait for her signal of something. Yeah. And of course, she kind of breaks the spell and she's like, we better get back to work. We have a lot to get done. Yeah. Well, she and has to kind of knock herself out of this right oh yeah the the moment mm-hmm. because she is just as lost as oh, he yeah. is but she is the one who's able to drag herself back to reality and say yeah. uh pr- the project the yeah. Pro- uh-huh. the, yeah we we should probably get back to work yeah so then that's he's like okay yeah he goes with it you know because mm-hmm. i mean really what other choice does he have he's he's gonna need to be patient and bide his time and just continue to prove that he is a permanent fixture in her life now, not, right. not, you know, he's not going anywhere. So, which is, again, a good point to what you said about how their roles are kind of reversed because mm-hmm. he was he was constantly waiting for her to leave and now it's her constantly waiting for him to yeah. leave. So, mm-hmm. anyhow. So, now, like you said, Kiraz wakes up. Right. Um. So, she wakes up in her you know, brand spanking new room. She loves <laughs> it, obviously. Uh, she comes out to find Ida and Serkan, and they fell asleep together on the couch, mm-hmm. and they're all awkward about it. Well, she's more awkward about it than he is. Um, then Aidan comes, and she is on the phone, and Ida overhears her talking about the custody agreement. Mm-hmm. So this totally sparks a fire, and Ida starts to freak out. And she attacks Serkan because she's assuming that this is all Serkan's doing and that he knew about this happening. But um, he just explains after they bicker a little bit. Yeah. He, well, he yeah. tells her that he didn't know about the situation mm-hmm. because Aidan is being all cagey about it and she won't give Edda a straight answer. And so Edda, of course, being protective of her daughter, she's like, what are you going to do? You're going to take my daughter away from me? Who do you think you are? I'm leaving yep. because you're not going to – I'm not going to stand while you're trying to do this. And then he finally kind of tells her, hey, hey, no, I don't want this. This isn't my doing. I don't plan on taking her away from you at all. And that calms her down a little um, – but she, they still end up leaving, right? Yeah. Well, Safi brings her and things have calmed at this point because she's like, okay, then I believe you. That's what you're saying. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I want to. Because he basically is talking about he just wants Kiraz to be okay and happy. Um, right. So as they're getting ready to leave, he's like, okay, like, you know, call me if you're bored. And she's like, I won't be bored. I'm going fishing with Booba. Right. And, of course, his little heckles go up. Hackles go up. And... um. I said, oh, now we've got drain the ocean, Sarah Khan loading, not just bra- drain mm-hmm. the pool. And he 
they leave and he calls Angan for fishing lessons. Like, okay, you're right. going to have to get me all these fishing supplies. I've got to go do this. So um, we we kind of we kind of touched on this a little bit. We get us once over to Kirem and Burak kind of having bro time and talking. This is where he sees Pina crying and all that. But we kind of went over that. Um, right. So Ed does with Ifer and Melo. She's back home. Kiraz is getting ready because they're going to go fishing. And she's just explaining to them, listen, I just want Kiraz to have a loving family. Whoever wants to be like, she already fell in love with her grandma. Like, this is a good thing. Meeting yeah. Idon, you know. And um, she even explains like, because they're like, oh. Ifair's like, well, you're a fool if you think that they're not going to try to take her from you. And she's like, yeah, I've already dealt with that. Idon already tried opening a case. Like, I've already talked with Sarakon. That's not what he wants. Like, he's not going to let her do this, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, Ifair swears that she's like, you're a fool. He's in on it. He's just basically trying to, like, trick you, you know. He's, like, softening you up so then he can just hit you with this blow kind of a thing. And she's like, okay, holla, whatever, you know, like, whatever. Like, doesn't really – I. I do love that Ida defends him, though. And she's like, he he won't do that. He wouldn't do that. I know yeah, Serkan. I know him. I mean, it doesn't last necessarily. Right. But, you yeah. know, she she did believe him. And she I liked that she defended him to, yep. to Ifair. And, of course, she walks away because she's like, I got to go get Kiraz. We're going to go fishing. So Ifair winds up convincing Melo that they need to take action. And that continues. Yeah. So Serkan is with Pina. He gives her all those files. Um and Denise shows up and she's like, Sarah there you are. We have to celebrate. And he's like, what are we celebrating? She's like, the fact that I found you. Like, and then she like offers him a strawberry. Again, another foreshadowing because he's uh-huh. like, uh, yeah, I have a fatal allergy to those. I can't eat that. And yeah, um, then he he gets Pina to come over and like make up an excuse to get him away. And he's like, oh, client's calling, you know, like sneaking away from Denise. So right. Angan winds up coming, helps him fish. It's like this whole thing. He gets them all decked out. Because in the yes. in the fragment, I didn't realize this. Because I was like, of course this man goes fishing in a suit. He's not in a suit. It's a fishing vest. Because of course he goes all out and gets like all the gear and all of that. But he's still in like business casual, which <laughs> well, I thought right. was hilarious. Because he's in business casual <laughs> with a fishing vest over top. <laughs> <laughs> because only Sarah Khan only Sarah Khan Bullock in a button up collared shirt, <laughs> slacks, and, and like loafers. I was uh-huh. that, that cracked me up. I was like, oh my gosh, only Sarah Khan. Only Sarah Khan. So, you know, Ed, uh, when he starts getting set up, I love it because Kiraz immediately runs over to him, like, mm-hmm. oh, Sarah Khan Bullock's here. But Edda can see exactly what's going on. She's like, yeah. oh, brother. She's, she's like, what are you doing? She's like, let me go deal with this. So she's like, yeah, comes over. And she's like, you don't even know how to fish. And he's like, you don't know that, Ida. Like, you can't, you know, and she's like, well, you have too big of a pole for how shallow this water is. And he's <laughs> That's like. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, girl, why are you talking about how big his pole is in compared to, in compared to Booba's? <laughs> Well, I mean, let's be realistic here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I did oh, not I man. that I missed that opportunity. Congratulations. <laughs> that was good. So he's like, Well, you don't know, Edda. It's deeper than you think, all this, you know, whatever. Right. So right. he tells Kiraz, like, we're gonna fish, all this stuff. And I love it because Kiraz tells Edda, Well, I think he can do it. And he's like, mm-hmm. thank you. It's so beautiful that someone believes in me. <laughs> so 
Um, he puts – this is when they do the whole putting on of the gloves. And I'm like, this is such yes. a Sarah Khan Bolat thing. Um, right. You know, and With it's funny because she's like – one, I love that Kiraz is the one who corrects him. She's like, well, those aren't mm-hmm. worms. Those are slugs. And he's like, well, the slug is the worm's cousin. So same thing. <laughs> um, it's just too funny. He's getting his Bluetooth fishing lessons on what to do next, you know, mm-hmm. with Ingen in his ear. And so we just kind of get a musical montage of silliness of them fishing and all this stuff. Right. Um, you know. Well, then Kiraz is all happy. She's like, look at this bucket full of fish. That's amazing. Because she's back with and- Booba now. Right. And of course, Sarah Khan's like, oh, well, those are tiny fish. Like, what's the big deal? (laughs) And Barack, I love it because he's like, well, we don't, it doesn't really matter. We release them. We don't harm sentient beings. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, oh my God. To learn how to fish. Isn't that right, Kiraz? Oh, huh. She's like, uh huh. And then (laughs) his sass is so good here. Because he's like, well, he's like, oh, well, do the hooks harm the fish? <laughs> and and Ed is like, Sarah Connie, he's like, I'll beat him. He's like, <laughs> he's like, come on, don't the hooks harm them? <laughs> and Edda, yeah, oh my god, Edda sees through it, of yes. course. Because she's like, Sarah Khan, listen, don't try to be the perfect dad so that Kiraz will love you. Just be yourself. If you're herself and she recognizes you, she'll love you very much. I'm sure about that. Well, yeah. I mean, she we already saw that happening before she even knew that he was her dad. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Um, and so is Zuzu, is Zuzu having her breakfast? She's eating right now. I was like, what like, is that what? noise? Her little... <laughs> it's all right. It's not like these people don't know we have dogs. So I know. So sorry. Um, My dog is eating. <laughs> So, you know, um, he – I love it, though, because he's like, well, I don't – but I don't know how. Like, you know, yeah. and I, I love that he's kind of admitting that, you know. And so she she's about to encourage him further, but then he gets a bite mm-hmm. on his line, and she's like, Sarah, a fish, a fish. fish. Like, he winds up catching this huge fish. And I'm sorry, but that whole chuckle cackle, that was <laughs> – the person completely. Oh, 100%. Like, he's like, he's like, whoa, like the whole look and everything. I was like, that is so Kenner yeah. Um But it's hilarious because he's so proud. And she's trying, she's like, okay, let's reel it in though. Like, and she's trying to help him get it. Well, the fish winds up falling right off like the hook or the line. And he's like, well, you know, we really, we were going to just release them anyway. So, you know, that's what I meant to do. And he's like, it's a thousand times better than the ones you caught. (laughs) (laughs) What a brat. Oh, my gosh. So it's just, oh, my gosh. It's really funny. So um, fishing kind of ends. We've kind of touched on these next few scenes already. Um, Yeah. And so Serkan, and Willa translated all this for me, too. I appreciate her so much. Um. She takes – she, Serkan, he, he takes his Kislar stargazing. So yeah. it's not time yet because it's still kind of daytime. So it's a surprise. They don't know what they're doing. But this is when they unload out of the car and we see Kiraz has two pillows oh on gosh. either side of her, three seat belts. And he's got all these mirrors in the front so he, he can he look can at her. He can constantly see her. And Edda is like, this is so ridiculous, Serkan, blah, blah, blah. But Kiraz is like, it was comfy and fun. And he's like <laughs> – He's like, see, thank you, Kiraz. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's just there. It's it's the epitome of Serkan Bolat 
being a dad. Like yeah. it, I love it, love it, love it. So I, they're getting set up and he's like, you guys ready for a surprise? And Ed is like, we love surprises. So they're, mm-hmm. they kind of get all set up and at the little dock there. And Kiraz is like, um, I would like a kiss from both of you. And I was like, oh, so begins the parent trapping. Uh-huh. So they both come in to give her a kiss on each of her cheeks. And then she's literally like the dog in up. And she's like, squirrel. Squirrel. And she walks away and they wind up smashing their lips together. And, um, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, look, a squirrel is over there. Like, mm. trying to, like, compose himself. So we, it fades to later in the evening when it's, like, actually time to stargaze. And Kiraz is like, wow, I love the stars. And he says, I love the stars, too. But it's clearly Aww. a double meaning because he loves his Yildizlar up in yes. the sky and the ones right in front of him. Yeah. And Kiraz wants another story. And oh. I okay, that's why I was like, if there's any scene you translate for me, please let it be this one because I was like, oh I want to make gosh. sure we get this Apollo retelling perfectly. Um, so he's like, "Are you ready?" They look at the stars. Well, first he asks her if she's hungry and all this stuff, and he's like, "Okay, well you can eat whenever I brought you orange juice, all this stuff." So she's like, "Well, what I do want is a fairy tale." And he's like, okay, you know I don't know much about fairy tales, but I do know a really good story. Someone I love very, very, very much told me this fairy tale once. I and love she, the I love blatant Sercon. I love uh, wide open shouted wide to the world, open Sercon. Like, oh, did you forget Edda? That uh-huh. I love you very much and that with I my forgotten you. entire being and uh-huh. heart and uh-huh. soul and everything. Oh uh-huh. my gosh. So Kiraz is like, who? And he's and he said, I thought she was asking who was the person you love very much who told you this That's story. That's what I thought. And maybe that is what she meant. But he's like, do you know the story of Apollo? Now, I love this because we get this combo of not only him starting to tell the story, Edda yeah. picks up and we get the flashbacks to episode mm-hmm. five when she first told this story. So this is, we're getting, we're getting switchbacks between all those scenes as the story is being told. Yeah. And so Sarkhan says, so Apollo, who always lived according to the future, and Ed is like, yeah, he's just like you. Wasn't that the reason he abandoned the woman he loved? Mm-hmm. And Sarkhan's like, he's like, can you tell, let me tell the story first? <laughs> and she's like, Okay. <laughs> So he says, so one day, Apollo, and we flash back to Edda and Antalya. Um, and so then it's we get to Sarkon and he's saying, Apollo says, what's your name, princess? And Edda finishes and says, I'm no princess, she says. I'm just a human. Mm-hmm. And then, but Apollo suddenly remembers that he's immortal. And Sarkon says, yes, and, um, and then we get another flashback, um, and Sarkhan says, the woman remembers that she's mortal. And this is where the story changes. And I yes. am living for this. He says, but of course, there's love between them. And as we know, love is immortal. But Apollo gets very scared. And Edda says, so he tells her that he'll be back someday and leaves. And Sarkhan says, so the woman waits. And after a long time, Apollo comes back. And he wanted the woman he's deeply in love with to forgive him. 
but the woman just says nothing. And that's true because she has not, she hasn't said she'll never forgive him, but she has Mm -hmm. not said she's forgiven him either. So this is very, very accurate to what's going on between them now. She's just, yeah, she doesn't say anything when, when it gets to those heavy points, like it did with the birthday gifts. She, yes, she turns away. So he says, the woman says nothing. She just extends a branch of cherries. And on that day, Apollo swears that I'll never be scared again and I'll never give up on the woman or on the cherries. And he's just, Kai, the way he, when actors can be so expressive with just their eyes and not every actor can, honestly. No, no. He, you feel everything he's feeling just by looking at his eyes when he's looking at her. Mm-hmm. And Kiraz says, that was a very beautiful fairy tale. And this is a oh very beautiful gosh. night. And Serkan says, yes. And the night's just getting started. Are you ready? And so they look up and there's a shooting star. And mm-hmm. Ed is like, look, look, make a wish, Kiraz. And she looks at Serkan and says, you too. And he mm-hmm. says, I'll make one too. So we get that the night has kind of gone on because we right. um, we fade in and out and back to it. And, she, and Kiraz is asleep. Right. And Ed is telling him, it was a very beautiful night. Thank you. Kiraz was very happy. <laughs> and Serkan says, I too am happy for the first time after so many years. Oh my gosh. This whole situation and scene was my favorite part of this episode. Mm-hmm. I, it was just, <laughs> it was so good. And Serkan was being so loud and so open Mm -hmm. and you just really get to you get that insight of what he's been through yeah and i know that he's told her everything Mm -hmm. but the fact that he said that i was like oh my gosh i know well it tells you (laughs) and it tells you how much it's been on his mind like his mind and heart during these Mm -hmm. years you know what i mean like the fact that he thought to retell the Apollo story in a way that applies to them now. And, yeah. like, oh, anyways. So, um, he she says, I'm happy that you're both happy. She says, you know, I think we can raise our child like two civilized people without meddling in each other's lives. And, again, mm-hmm. I understand her. I understand mm-hmm. her here. Um, there was something that um, – there was something that Willa had said too, and um, I don't remember if I saved it now. But you know, she basically was just saying like, I I understand why she's still licking her wounds and keeping that arm's length distance. Yeah. Um, because you know, like she told us how many times that. You know, in episode 40, she told him, weren't you the one that said we should never see each other again? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and now that you've changed your mind, I just have to adapt. So, like, of course she's still licking her wounds. Of course she's not ready to jump into his arms. Like, she can't mm-hmm. just let go of her own fears after years of suffering just because no. he's had five years to work through them. Um, exactly. And I just – I thought that was really important right here because I know – I know it's like it's – it'd probably be easy to get frustrated and say – you know, um, oh my gosh, he's being so obvious and loud. Like he's, a, and yeah, he is. But just because he got to that point doesn't mean that she is yet. Like she yep. needs, she's going to need more reassurance than that. So 
Yeah. Those walls are up. We can we can co. She's basically saying we can co-parent like a team, but yeah. not romantically. And you can see Kiraz whenever you wish, and and I don't nec- I don't need to be around basically to supervise that. Like she's saying, she trusts him. Right. Um, and he says, okay, well she can come to me whenever she wants. She can spend the night whenever she likes. Like good, and I'll talk to my mother about this custody case. And she says, and I'll talk with my aunt so she can calm down. She pretty much lost her mind. And Sarah Khan's like, okay, that sounds, you know, basically that's, yeah, that sounds great. And she's like, okay. And I, I kind of love that this was clarified here. She's like, okay, listen, I can understand where my aunt's coming from and why she doesn't accept and like you, but what's your mother's deal with me? And he Honestly. says, and he says, well, she thinks you left me. And she's like, I left you. Is that what you told her? And he's like, no, of course not. I just mean that she knows that I love you more than I love myself. So she just can't seem to grasp or believe that I left you. And she's like, of course, because it sounds unbelievable, but you can't make her believe otherwise. So he's like, okay, why don't we do it this way? You speak to my mother and I'll speak with Ifair and maybe we can calm them down that way. And I kind of like that they wanted to do that where it's like, let's, you know, so that hopefully we can all understand each other a little better. And we're not each other's mediators. Like, I will openly talk to your aunt. You openly talk to my mom. You know, and she's like, okay, well, good luck with that. And Sarkhan says, you too with my mom. And then Kiraz kind of wakes up. And then Ed is like, are you faking sleep and listening to us? And Sarkhan's (laughs) like, oh, my goodness, you really are something. Shall we go? Um, I was uh, was really hopeful for these conversations at first. I was thinking maybe Mm -hmm. they can actually talk some sense into them and – Everything will calm down a little bit after this. Well, and that is where it was going. Like, right. where mm-hmm. it was like, they, Idon really was starting to see what Ida was saying. Ifair mm-hmm. really was starting to see what Sarkhan was saying. Um, I kind of just summarized the rest of this um, because, you know, I said it basically, they each set out to have these grown up conversations and it does begin to go right. that way. Right. You know, until. And, and again, Idon points out. Again, what Engen said, which I think really cements more with Edda, like, okay, Serkan really did, like, suffer, even though he, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he created this situation, but not, it came at a cost for him, too. Because um, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, like, okay, Engen really wasn't exaggerating about him losing that weight and all that stuff. So, you know, they start to, start to all sort of begin to see each other. And, mm-hmm. but of course, Kimal shows up not realizing it is there to tell Idon like everything's set to go to court. Ifair gets a phone call and Sarkhan starts to see all this paperwork and stuff that's being filed. And it does wind up causing this huge fight between them. Yeah. Because, and here's the thing. Again, I know there were people who had issues with this. And I get it. I get that it's frustrating because you're like, okay, don't they know each other better by now? Like they've both, you know, here's the thing right. though. Having an emotional knee-jerk reaction when you think someone you love is going to be taken away from you, especially your Mm -hmm. child, your logic is going to kind of go out the window and you're initially going to assume the worst and be in defense mode. You know what I mean? Well, go ahead. And this is a trust issue at this point. This whole – I felt like this episode was Edda as the fox in The Little Mm -hmm. Prince Mm -hmm. because – you know, in in the little prince, he the fox is you know saying, 
I'm a fox and, and the little prince wants oh, to play with him. Yeah. Um, because the little prince is feeling sad. But he's like, I can't play with you because I'm not tamed. So the little prince is asking what it means to be tamed. Mm-hmm. And the fox replies, it means to create ties. It's something that's often too, that's too often neglected. Mm-hmm. So he explains... Uh, for me, you're only a little boy, just like hundreds of thousands of other little boys, and I have no need of you, and you have no need of me either. For you, I'm only a fox, like a mm-hmm. hundred thousand other foxes. But if you tame me, we'll need each other. You'll be the only boy in the world for me, and I'll be the only fox in the world for you. So the little prince explains that he has a flower that he thinks tamed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, the fox is talking about his life. And he tells the little prince, please tame me. (laughs) And uh, the little prince isn't sure how. He says, I'd like to. Can you tell me how? And so the the fox explains. And I'm like, if this is not (laughs) what Sarah Khan is having to do right now. I cannot (laughs) – oh, my gosh. It it did not even occur to me to make these correlations. Oh, okay. Keep going. This is so good. So – so he says, the fox answers, you have to be very patient. First, you'll sit down a little ways away from me over there in the grass. I'll watch you out of the corner of my eye and you won't say anything. Language is a source of misunderstandings. And again, we know that Serkan yes. does his best showing his love and his feelings mm-hmm. and his emotions through his actions. Because he language. He is using language yes. lightly. But that's it's still that's been a source of, of misunderstanding. Yep. For him. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so the fox continues. But day by day, you'll be able to sit a little closer. The next day, the little prince returned. It would have been better to return at the same time, the fox said. For instance, if you come at four in the afternoon, I'll begin to be happy by three. The closer it gets to four, the happier I'll feel. By four, I'll be all excited and worried. I'll discover what it costs to be happy. But if you come at any old time, I'll never know when I should prepare my heart. There must be rights. And the little prince asks what a right is. And he says, that's another thing that's too often neglected, said the fox. It's the fact that one day is different from the other days, one hour from the other hours. My hunters, for example, have a right. They dance with the village girls on Thursdays. So Thursdays are a wonderful day. Uh, Sorry, that's... That's kind of uh, the end of it, but that's how that's how he tames the fox. So it it's this patient process that takes mm-hmm. a lot of time, where each day the prince is able to sit a little bit closer and a little bit closer, yeah. and Sarah Khan is having to earn her trust back because she he he lost that trust. Well, <laughs> and it, I just thought of okay when he shows up in forty. Mm-hmm. like that's out of nowhere out of nowhere look at the, when you said that line where it's like well if you just show up at any time i'm not prepared well who was yep. not prepared edda and she's been keeping that distance but mm-hmm. slowly he's getting closer and close like oh my gosh yes yeah so it's just it's a trust issue mm-hmm. and it's you're not gonna earn back that trust in such a small amount of time right you're just not right no you're right so we're seeing yeah we're seeing the the taming in process. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, it, it blows up. Sarah Khan sees the papers. Edda sees the papers. 
So they're both going to, like, fight with each other. Now, the first time I watched this, I was like, I was like, "Mm, I don't know that I really love this fight. I watched it again, and I, like, really paid attention to the stuff they were saying. And I was like, Uh this is, like, one of their best and funniest fights, even though it's, like, over a serious thing. Because, you know, she's like, Ser Combola, and and she's like, what is this? I found out about the things you're doing behind my back. Because, again, I've already planted that idea of, like, he's just softening you, and he's probably in on this with his mom. Like, and, you know, why wouldn't she think, like, well, he's angry he missed five years of his daughter's life. Maybe he really is doing doing it this way, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, Ida, what's this? And she's like, what's what? And she's like, I feel very sorry sorry for you. Um, wait, does he say that? Does she say that or does he say that? Um, now it's clear why you tried Uh, to push us. Oh, this is Sarah Khan. Okay. Now it's clear why you're trying to push me away. I am so naive that I thought you'd forgiven me that something is possible, but no, nothing like that. You have all the agency here. And he's like, um, what are you that you think you're so much better than me in this matter? Um, And then she says, well, I thought you were sincere. I thought that you regretted everything. So I'm the naive one, not you. Mm. She's like, I can't watch my daughter, huh? My daughter has nothing, huh? She walks alone in the woods and you're the one that finds her, huh? I'm a bad mom, huh? And he's like, are you really fixated on this? And he's like, look at this. Sir Kambola Mm. is driving Kiraz around in a sports car without a seatbelt. I'm sorry, but this little girl, my angel, and that is actually what he says. I like listen to his words. And he's like, this little girl, my angel, when I get her into this car, I always fasten all the (laughs) seatbelts. And he's like, so this is, no, that's true. (laughs) This is impossible. This is incredibly simple. Look it, there's more to it. What's this? He's like, you found a case, meaning like at work, that I've been working on for a month and you're using this to say that I'm too busy for my own child. And he's like, he's just upset. And she's like, Mm -hmm. what in the world? You just secretly appeared out of nowhere and you just softened me right up just to take my baby away from me, right? And he's like, it's nothing like this. She's like, no, you're the same robot as you were on the first day without any feelings or emotions. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you're still that robot. You haven't changed at all. And he's like, oh, we want to talk about that first day? Let's go back there. I love this. He's like, you deceive me with a beautiful face and your beautiful language, and I believe you like an idiot. I'm sorry for me. He's like, I won't believe you anymore. I won't because now I'm aware of what you're doing. You say that I don't have a heart, and it's you who doesn't have a heart. He's like, I don't know why your name is Edda. You should have been called Ghoul or Rose because he's because uh-huh. he's like, your heart is thorny. <laughs> He's like, I can understand why five years ago I tried to get rid of you and I'm trying to now. I'm such a jerk. Like, besides, like, besides, I have a kid for five years and uh-huh. I'm not even told about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> because of your thorny heart, you didn't want it. <laughs> and she's like, serves you right. And he's like, bravo, bravo, 10 out of 10. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. And he's like, oh, no, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about this for days. And she's like, well, don't bother at all. Let's talk in court. And he's like, oh, you're talking about judgment now? He's like, well, I'll see you there. And he's like, you want to start a case? And she's like, I've already opened one. Congratulations on your guardianship case. And he's like, get ready to face a completely different Sercom Bullot. And she says, do your best. And he says, okay. (laughs) And like, 
Oh my gosh. So like, yes, they do say some fairly vicious things to each other, but it it doesn't feel at all in the same light as it did in 40 when they're at the cafe and he's mm-hmm. like, well, it was that meeting you ever was a mistake. Right, right. here, because that felt like, you know, yeah, they say that, but like that was said in a much more calm setting where you're like, oh, you thought this through and said those mean, awful things to each other. Right. This is them Again, knee-jerk reaction based on the fact that they both think they're going to lose their – her thinking she's going to lose this daughter that she spent the last five years raising on her own. Him right. thinking he's going to miss out on even more time with the daughter that he's already missed out on five years with. Of course they're going to have these knee-jerk reactions. Like, yeah. And so yeah. honestly, I really – I wasn't bothered by the fight like because I'm like, you know what? I, maybe it's because I've had fights in the heat of the moment. You know what I mean? And Right. I've said things or had things said to me where it's like later on, we both are like, okay, that's, that wasn't productive. And those weren't even, those were just things I said to hurt you right then because I was hurt and I was lashing out and being defensive. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think maybe that just makes it easier for me to like forgive that or know that we're going to move past that. Um, But, you know, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I, it, it didn't. It didn't bother me that much because I saw it the same way. I'm like, they're clearly emo- having an emotional reaction to mm-hmm. this situation. They're both jumping to conclusions. Then they're reacting based on how the other is reacting because mm-hmm. when one person gets defensive, it's hard not to get defensive in return. Yes. That's the way things go. If yeah. you're feeling attacked, you're going to get defensive and you're going to try to protect yourself and defend yourself. Fight or flight, situation. baby. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we, we know that with Edan Serkan, they both tend to pick the fight situation mm-hmm. in in the fight option in these situations. Because so, they're stubborn and they have their pride and they're working through yeah. their prejudices. <laughs> and and neither of them are afraid to to speak these things to each other in those hot moments yeah. when they're all riled up mm-hmm. and they're ready to go after each other. They don't tend to mince words. That's just no. how they are in their relationship. Yep. So it really didn't strike me as like, oh, great. Now they're fighting again or anything like well, that. Yeah, I, I know. just figured this is obviously leading us somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and I was glad that it all sort of came to a head with the whole custody issue so mm-hmm. quickly. And it wasn't something – because I was worried this was going to be dragged out for a few episodes. Me too. And it was going to be Idon building her case and Ifair building her case. And right. then suddenly they find out that this is happening. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. So Well, especially was, because we just got extended two more episodes. Like there's going to be 52 yeah. episodes now. So I totally would have been like, okay, they're going to like make them drag this out. But right. no, we but get then, a verdict before the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, when the next scene they were in court, I was like, oh, we're doing this now. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're in court. Well, okay. So before we get there, I just also want to point out too, like as much as we grow as people and we've seen growth in both Edda and Serkan, we've seen growth in their communication the yeah. fact of the matter is, like, okay, I will. Uh, I've been married for almost ten years now. Jason mm-hmm. and I've been together for nearly thirteen of thirteen altogether. But you know, so the the way our like, I guess you you know the way we quote fight now is very different than how we fought years ago. Um, oh yeah, because you grow. But there are still times, no matter how well you grow, we're much better at communicating with things now, like where it doesn't become this heated you know, thing. Um, 
because you learn each other and you learn yourselves over the years and how to properly communicate and convey where you're, you know what I mean? You're not, um, you, you know, here's the thing, you learn each other's buttons. So you either learn, oh, I can push them to make this worse or you mm-hmm. learn each other's buttons and you know, okay, here's how we can actually uh, diffuse this situation and actually be able to talk like two grown adults. Right. But no matter how much growth you have, there are going to be times where, you know what, you give in and you push those buttons, knowing yeah. full well you're pushing those buttons and it's going to revert back to the kind of arguing you had, you know, in year one or two of your marriage. Like, right. you know, and it it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And that's just how I saw this fight. Like, yeah, they've grown, but, you know, her immediately going back to the whole robot thing, you haven't changed, you're a robot. Like, we all have yeah. those things we go back to with our significant others where it's like that's the thing we're gonna like throw in their face you know what i mean right in in or that's the thing that always seems to be the issue that always keeps coming up and then you're gonna bring that you're gonna bring it back up yeah it's a very it's a very normal thing Mm -hmm. to fight as a couple and it's a very normal thing to continue to fight Mm -hmm. even the longer you're together yeah i mean there obviously need to be some protections for both of you and there are better ways to fight than others yes but um to to expect couples to never fight is just impractical Mm -hmm. and it's also unrealistic agreed so i that i think that's why i don't have issues with this is how this is how Ed Sarah fights. Yes. Like people fight differently mm-hmm. and couples fight differently. And this is how they fight. They they're, they get the words out mm-hmm. and they go after each other in various ways and they <laughs> get it all off their chest in one go. And they <laughs> – that's that's just I, – I think because I'm used to seeing them mm-hmm. have these confrontations in that particular way. Yeah. It's not – jarring it's not shocking mm-hmm. and i didn't think well this is the end of ed sir they're never gonna get back together yeah so and, in, it, and in, it just didn't it didn't feel like it was like oh we're reverting and undoing the growth no, you know what i mean i didn't think so either um yeah it didn't feel that way like there are times when things happen in shows or dz's or where i'm like oh like that feels like we've kind of undone or unraveled this character sure. growth or that this didn't feel like that because of the subject matter that it was. Exactly. To me, exactly. it was just like, I hope this is something that um, will get to a point where, like I said, they both wind up telling their moms, like, stay out of this because when it comes down to it, you caused this. You filed these papers. Right. You started this investigation. And then look at that argument that it, mm-hmm. you know, it caused because – we both then thought the other was doing things behind our backs. And it turns out you were the ones during – you know what I mean? Right. So Exactly. Anyhow. But yeah, you're. we switch over to the next scene. We are in court. We've got like six yeah. minutes left in the episode and we are yeah. in court. <laughs> so it's kind of just chaos. They're all – everybody's speaking over everybody else. Erdem is up at the stand and he's kind of having to fess up that he was sort of lying but not really <laughs> lying. And he's like. confused <laughs> and everybody's confused. And the judge ends up just kicking everybody out but Ed Sarah, which I was like, 
hallelujah, you're logical at least. Get them and the heck out of there. this is all it concerns. So, yes. Yeah. Like, exactly. these are the two main people concerned besides the child. <laughs> right. So rather than hearing having to sit through everybody trying to speak over each other, she kicks everybody out. Mm-hmm. And they're all waiting with bated breath at the, the verdict. And so finally – they come out of the court after apparently being in there for a while mm-hmm. and they explain that the judge has decided that they all need to live together as a family <laughs> which i was thinking <laughs> obviously this is what we would call romance reasons yes <laughs> pretty Never sure those, in real life i mean actually definitely not in the united states i mean i guess definitely i don't know how turkish states. law works maybe there is a law that allows for that but right. yes, this is clearly <laughs> to set up for the plot for the next at least one, maybe two episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we've yeah. got forced proximity. They're going to have oh, to all live together. We you know Kiraz is going to be absolutely thrilled, and everybody else is just going to have to figure it out and uh-huh. be it's, fine with it. Yep. Well, do you notice too when they say that and everyone's like, what? But do you see Sarkon's face? He oh, is yeah, like he's happy. He is so happy. <laughs> it's like, oh he's my gosh. So thrilled. It's like the dude, number you're not of even trying to hide it. Nope. I love it so much. So yeah. And then the fra I loved both these fragments. Like, I thought they were both really well done. Um see, because, I haven't gotten around to seeing them. Okay. So I mean it's I mean, we're just getting sneak peeks into like them living together <laughs> um, i did see the one the one parallel of the cooking scene where they mm-hmm. switch the colors on on yeah Ida and Serkan. I don't yep. like, okay that's really cute it's really cute well and there's funny because one a photo that was released and then part of one of the fragments like they at some point start they wind up falling asleep after i'm pretty sure they're making pancakes or something with batter maybe they're making a sachma cake who knows but there's batter like dried on them well they fall oh, asleep batter and Kiraz, it, oh, it almost looked like Kiraz, like she had the chicken pox or something and had oh, like cream. stuff on her. I didn't um, realize it was batter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's from when, yeah, because in one of them, they're like cooking and like flinging. Um, okay. Like, yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure it's Serkan and Kiraz going after Edda, I think, now that I'm trying to, now I'm trying to recall. I've only watched, I've only watched the fragments each like once or twice, but um and then there's a scene we get where they're asleep and um and Kiraz is still covered, like has is dirty still from from that. And I'm like, okay, I know this is probably something silly and little, but the growth that Serkan Bolat fell asleep with we have episode 17 Serkan, who was like, literally, this is disgusting, and had to like march upstairs to get some spit up off his lapel. Yeah. Is letting a dirty child sleep on him. <laughs> and I I mean, yeah. I just thought it was really funny because I'm like, oh, they, their faces seem to be kind of wiped and cleaned up, but she is still a mess. And they're all snuggled as a family. And at some, clearly Kiraz wakes up first because um, the next scene is the two of them waking up and Edda being like, what are you doing in my bed? Um, but Kiraz is nowhere to be found. So it's like clearly she woke up and just kind of let them stay that way, all snuggled up and hand-holding. Um, mm-hmm. And also in the second fragment, I know you haven't watched it, but they're in her room and it's just a quick clip so we don't know the context. But she looks at Serkan and she's like, oh, do you want to sleep in my bed? And, 
And here's what I think will probably end up happening. Of course, he's going to be like, mm-hmm. And she's going to be like, great, I'll take the couch. Or so, you know what I mean? Like something like right. that. Like, fine, you can sleep in my bed. I'll sleep with Kiraz in her room. Or, right. You know, you know it's going to play out. They wind up locked on the balcony at some point, like locked outside on a balcony. Um, either she's trying to lock him out or she's just trying to escape him because she's also struggling. She's like telling Melo, like, or she's telling someone on the phone, okay, I'm getting used to having him here and I don't like that and I definitely can't mm. admit that to him because if I do, then he'll never leave. Well, he's behind her and like hears her saying mm. that. Nice. So he's, again, totally the cat who ate the canary. That's like, I swear, all of his smiles lately, that's exactly what oh, they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. So he's so smug. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering, I'm pretty sure they did not spoil the ending because there was none of these scenes that looked like anything that was kind of like um, climactic or anything like okay. that. But I have a feeling it's going to be a, a like good cliffhanger. A medical, <laughs> well, maybe a medical emergency. Or yeah, maybe this is when <laughs> Kiraz will like eat some strawberries either on purpose or accidentally. Right. Um, but we there's no episode next week. So we have a two-week break. There's no episode oh. on the 21st. So I have a feeling whatever – however this ends tomorrow, it's going to be a good cliffhanger because we have mm. not just a week, but we're going to have two weeks before the next episode will actually air because we won't have one again till the 28th as far as I know. And okay. I don't – there was some reasoning. I think it might have to even do with a holiday or an ob- like some type of observation of such. I know around okay. the summertime because I know like – during EK days, they they wound up – there was, like, a week mm-hmm. in August they weren't going to air an episode. So I, I don't I know if there's, like, that. a holiday that falls around there. Um, yeah. And maybe it's, like, Easter, how Easter's never on the same actual date every year. So maybe it's just in the later part of July than early August this year. I don't I don't recall. But, yeah, so we're going to have a two-week break. Um, okay. So I'm kind of anticipating on a, like, kind of major bomb being dropped just because mm-hmm. it, it would be a smart move to, like, yeah. keep everyone – you know, on their uh, edge of their seats kind of a thing. So, yeah, definitely. Um, anyhow. But, yeah, I don't think I had anything else. Um, yeah, I didn't have anything else. Nope. Other than I'm just sad Marashla's ending today. I'm kind of glad we're recording right now because the episode's, like, on and I won't be – I'm not seeing any of the – anything being said on, on the social medias. But <laughs> – Anyways, um, yeah, so I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. I hope that maybe maybe this helped give some perspective on a lot of things that I know were kind of back and forth for a lot of people or like, why this, why that? But um, mm. yeah, I'm yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Force Proximity tomorrow. I think we're in for a lot of good treats, high tension, oh, yeah. uh, all that, so – Yep. Anyways, I think that's it. Uh, our normal spiel. I don't think I've said this in a while, but maybe if you guys feel like it, go give us a rate and review on whatever platform you listen on. Oh, um, yeah. It does help boost helps the visibility. people find us. It, yeah, helps boost the visibility of the podcast. Um, other than that, links to everything, merch store. I will link, like I said, MH's Twitter thread since I read from it. Um, and just, again, thank you to all you angels out there who help us understand these scenes better and get through these poor subs oh just so you guys know the reason the subs were the reason the subs this week are late from our anonymous sub guy is central kapama is not uploading the the sub files they still hadn't uploaded so um 
just so you guys know, it's not him. He's He can't do anything until those files are uploaded. And unfortunately, this season, for whatever reason, they're not uploading them as regularly as they were last season. So we it's just kind of a waiting yeah. game. So super um, late with it. So yeah, if you're if you're not sure why, that's why. So just don't don't think it's him forgetting about us or anything like that. He's mm-hmm. he's doing his best. So we thank him for that. So anyways, um, other than that, we will be back next week to break down whatever the heck happens to- on tomorrow's episode. Um, we're looking forward to it. So until next time. Gooder shooters. Host to call. Merhaba, Kristen here. Um, a few of you asked me if I had recorded when I first watched um, that birthday scene parallel because you guys all know how much the original is my absolute favorite of the series. And yes, I did record some of my reactions when seeing it. So if that's something you're interested in hearing, I will play that next. Okay, enjoy! Lighting a cupcake. Oh my gosh. We're getting a reversed parallel of my favorite scene in the whole world. Oh my gosh. A Bacall cupcake. Oh. And he wants her to make a wish. I wished I would be a worthy man of you. That was his wish? I hope her wish is that he would see that he is a worthy man. Oh my gosh. This is... Mm, this is chef's kiss perfection. And feels like it was tailor-made for me. Best best scene best scene oh my gosh she's opening the gifts now he got her flip flops Antalya mm. call back Ugh. look at him all nervous about her opening his gifts so good A white dress that he bought in Paris. White suits you very much. Yes, it does. Because white symbolizes things like purity, innocence, angelicness. All things he's used to describe her. Pride and prejudice. Ugh. Don't even get me started why that makes all the sense. Oh my gosh. And a a Nestle on scarf. (laughs) I don't think there's anything specific or symbolic about that. One more gift. A necklace. Mm. His initials. He looks all bashful. Because for his birthday, oh, cheek kiss! Oh, oh my gosh! 
Oh, he wants it to be more than a cheek kiss. But I love that necklace because she, for his birthday, gave him the world. Quite, I mean, figuratively, but kind of literally. And then he's giving her all he has, which is his heart. Because it's a heart locket with his initials on it. I love this so much. 